Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, September 1st, 2022. Today on the Ether, Cosmic Community Spaces with Sir Robo of Rack, hosted by Lil Gaines. Let's take a listen. What's up, Legendarius? What's going on, bro? Oh, you already know. You already know. Do I? Do I? Do I really? You know, making moves, trying to stay alive in this world working on my DNA methylation and epigenetic expression, you know, through food and exercise, you know, the usual, nothing too crazy. The usual, the usual. Gotcha, bro. Well, this was a little song request that um, Robo asked for me to put up. It's called Shut Up by Stormzy. So I had to, had to play that for you know? I mean, you never listened to my sick freestyle. That would have worked, too. That would have worked, right? Yeah. Well, well, tell me, dude, how you been? It's been a little while. It has. Let's see. I had to turn down a director's position on a nonprofit board because I'm already got enough things to focus on. I'm building. Let's see. What am I building? I'm working on a lucrative contract with one of our main providers. We do kind of do free things for them. And so we're trying to get something that's more monetary uh, compensation. And that we can build on and kind of leverage for years to come, kind of building a small kind of prototype of the service and then building upon that as the need fit. So working on that and building educational pieces for our company, internal and external, as we train more counselors and then how to give them a counseling experience. They're actually able to turn in the hires, but through that fire that they have that support so that they're able to do and develop their counselor selves rather than just reading a textbook and going CBT like everybody tells you to do. We're really venturing out and finding a theoretical orientation that fits you. So yeah, and uh, all the other things that come with that. My goodness, you've been very busy, bro. You've been very busy. You know, and my daughters are getting older, you know, doing more things. My oldest is able to have a conversation with me in English and Spanish. And so we draw and she loves to dance and so she's very active so yeah that's beautiful that's beautiful i have a daughter myself and i'm actually uh here with her at home she uh didn't feel so good at school so i had to go run back and pick her up but uh i enjoy i enjoy her company so much she's just such a such a talented girl and has so much energy and keeps me busy likes to paint likes to be be really creative which i love that about her she's such a creative little girl so we should get all of the girl dads in the cosmos get together <laughs> and we'll have daddy daughter date. <laughs> oh man, that would be beautiful. That would be, did you ever go to like a daddy daughter dance yet? Uh, not, not yet. Um, like okay. I, said, I have a two and a half year old and a nine month old. So. Oh yeah. My bad. 
Go ahead, bud. You, can, you got a long time, bro. Mine, yeah, mine's six years old. She'll be seven next year. So uh, well, that should be coming up soon. Well, we're planning the big three because, you know, in the Hispanic culture, three years old is a thing. So we're trying to see how much dough we want to throw down. So. And then you got the quinceanera, right? The quinceanera. Yeah, you know, we got to pay for like three weddings for just one girl. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I've been busy myself. Um, been having so much fun. Uh, uh, collaborating with the Espanol Cosmos Spaces team, they're doing so much, so much work right now, uh, growing, growing the Espanol side of things. So, been busy with that, and then busy with the Cosmoverse stuff. Uh, are you going to Cosmoverse Legendary? I will probably will not be because, like I said, I have a wedding. I'm actually flying to New York. I've never been to New York. Um, it's a crazy story, but my wife ex-best friends, ex-fiance, long story. Anyway, like I met the dude, like we hung out like maybe five times in a while and he's been away for like, oh, seven, eight years. So I haven't seen this dude in like eight years and uh, he popped a question and asked me to be one of his groomsmen. And I was like, bruh, like in my mind, I'm all like, how did I have this big impact on this person to be, you know, one of their, like, so, you know, it's an honor. So going up there and then, I may be doing a national talk on marriage. So um, working on that and we're building a nonprofit. So we have two initiatives that we're really trying to push out. Um, one of them is for women who choose life, right? Who want to keep their children no matter the circumstances. So one of the biggest proponents, and I'm not getting political here. One of the biggest proponents is, you know, as I'll say is that, well, all you care about is, you know, the baby's being born, but then after that, you don't care, right? It's just like, it's the world's problem. So what we're doing is we're kind of nipping that in the bud. And so we're journeying with these women on their pregnancy journey, right? We're connecting them to resources. So we're creating a resource packet for, you know, from pregnancy up until like two years afterwards. So how they, so building those resources, but giving them the counseling, the journey with them, but also helping hook them up with, you know, um, the available resources for food, for shelter, for clothing, for diapers, for formula, for all these things so they don't have to worry about it. Because as a father of two daughters, I know, and I see my wife, all that she does, you know, motherhood by itself is already hard enough without having to worry about the basic necessities. So. Doesn't it feel so good, uh, Legendaries, to just give back to society? Uh, oh, without, my core without, values, man. Yes, without expecting anything in return. You, like, as soon as you do it, you just, something inside of you, like your soul, it just feels so much, so much better. I mean, that's what we're called to do. Right? We're really called to help out, right? We're communal, right? We're about to be, we're part of a community. And, you know, we're so disconnected, right? And it's just, ah, so any way that I can help, that I can really show that humanity and to really show that, you know, yes, the world is a dark place and it sucks, but not everybody sucks, right? And really just adding that spark, right? Being able to inspire, being able to positively, positively touch somebody in any way, even if it's just giving them my time, right? Doing that and just giving them that little, piece of hope that's going to be the exercise of the week right there is showing gratitude one way or another just do that this week see if you could uh give back to society in, in some way shape or form just go out there and, and do something nice this week let's see if uh some people will be able to do that definitely and that's when like when i I, mean, I need a carve time out because i do want to have my own cosmos space which is going to be about personal development it's about self-care it's about being in alignment it's about Doing all those things, I just got to have the push and the nudge to, to really consistently do that. Um, 
so yeah, gratitude shows that it, it changes your uh, brainwave state. So there's the alpha, delta, beta, and the last one, gamma. I don't think it's gamma. Anyway, there's another uh, brainwave. Anyway, it's used for each one is used for different things. For recovery, one is for like creativity. Another one is for like reasoning. Another one's for relaxation. And uh, through gratitude, it really helps you to change your perspective on life. Because if you look for the negative, our brains are already negatively biased. So we will look for the negative. Oh, today's going to suck. Well, your day's going to suck because you're looking for the ways for it to suck. And then you have confirmation bias. But if you say, hey, today may not be the best day, but I'm going to make it the best day that I can with what I've given. Right. So I'm going to be an active participant in my day. So anyway, I'm not here to hog up all the time because, you know, I do have to leave in about 20 minutes and prepare for a presentation next week. But. That is my little spiel. So we'll figure it out. I may. Yeah, uh, no problem. No I may still Victoria. Victoria may be my co-host on that one, or or you, little gains. We're gonna change you to big gains, but uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely much needed. Uh, a space like that. Um, it's 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 okay, guys, to you know hold spaces that don't have to do with crypto. It's totally fine. Actually, I would kind of what, encourage you mean you those can do that. What? Yes, you can. <laughs> you can, dude, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, this is what this space is kind of about, you know, just getting to know people and, and really finding out like, what's this person all about? So with that being said, Yopster selected Robo as their next guest on this Cosmic Community Twitter space. So I would love to invite Robo up to the stage. Whenever he's ready, I'll send him the request to speak or the mic. So we'll get him up here. And until that happens, yours truly, Legendary, has a poem to read for me, for oh. you that he just made up on the spot. So if it's not that good, that's all right. I just finished my first cup of coffee. <clears throat> In the dark recesses of my mind are fear, doubt, and shame. Sometimes I get outwardly excited. Sometimes I hide the blame. I look for meaning in this cosmos of life to find that little spark. As I sit alone in my Kia Forte, in front of the neighborhood park. Bravo. Welcome, Robo. How are you? Can you hear him, Legendarius, or is it just me? Oh, I can't hear him. He sounds okay. like he's, he's stuck in a well. Robo, come out the well, man. Uh, we'll give him some time to like maybe exit the space and reconnect and, and get his uh, equipment set up. So go ahead and do that right now, Robo. Technical difficulties right now. So we'll give him some time to, to fix the issues. Yeah, we still can't hear you. Yeah. I, like, By the way, barely, barely. the cosmic community has been brought to you by awesome people such as Victoria and her secret. Yapster. Legendarius. That cool trendy tech guy. And even though we haven't had him on here yet and he was on here earlier and he left, my boy JPEG Junkie. JPEG Junkie, huh? Hey, Robo, you're back. Welcome. Dude, am I getting rugged again? Like, am I getting rugged? Nope. Line. Like seriously, is this actually happening to me? Like you're right. good now. We can hear you. Well, dude, uh, yeah, but my headset like just again screwed me like an absolute bitch. Though uh, I can't believe it, mate. You know something? Spaces hates my guts. I don't know why. How's the uh, how's the volume, dude? It's Perfect, fine, bro. Like, I love your voice. I feel like we're about to get in a fight. Like, I'm on your side. Anything goes down, you just let me know because I'm jumping in, right? We're about to have a good time. I think scotch or whiskey will be involved. I'll tell you what, dude. Is it let's 
Uh oh. We we lost them again. We lost we lost you again. <clears throat> we lost you, yeah. sir. You bring back heavenly voice. You bring it back now. You can't just tease me like that and leave. Yeah, you're stuck in the well again. <laughs> guys, guys, let me change let me change devices because I've tried to use the tablet for the first time and it's fucking screw me. One second. Well, like that. right there. That's perfect. I hear you. You're beautiful. Sometimes, man, sometimes Twitter can be a pain in the butt. You know, I will let you, you know right now. Like, you're like using headphones or what? I mean, I'm mean, honestly, I'm using my Bluetooth in my car. Let's be honest. Oh, like, you know, my little Kia Forte. I don't know. Asians make amazing cars. Right. So I'm just letting you know. I just want to do a shout out. We have steak Cito in here. Like, that's how you know you made it. When you have steak Cito in your your space, man, I, I'm about to buy a lottery ticket. Like, life <laughs> is good, my brother. Life good. Thanks, Dexito, for listening in. He's been pretty active uh, on spaces since I woke up. He was in, like, an Evmo space, so I'm always watching. I'm always watching. Shoot, I need to retire my wife, but she makes too much money. Damn. <laughs> and shout out to Terra Spaces too, dude. You're gonna probably have to do some editing for this space later. On. Hey, Robo, you're back. Are we good, right? Because uh, I feel sorry. I'm gonna probably have to like apologize personally to Finn for the amount of work he's probably gonna have to do on this, dudes. Anyway, again, uh, and legendary. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, like I said at the beginning, legendary by name, legendary by nature, dude. Dude, you make me, when I listen to you, I'm like, I'm a lazy morpho mind. You are, you are a busy guy, yeah? Yes, and I appreciate it. And, you know, that's, that's why I have legendary as my moniker. I want my life to be legendary in all that I do, all the people that I touch. Like, I'm not here for mediocrity. So I'm out here spreading myself very thin, but putting in excellence in everywhere I go. Oh, very powerful. Very powerful information, I thought. And again, by the way, I just want to say, like, about the little girl. Uh, sorry to hear that, mate, because is, is it grade one? She just started grade one, your kid, yeah? Yeah, yeah, she did. Just yesterday, Robo. No worries, mate. It happens in the early days, man. She'll get over it, man. She'll be fine. Yes, yes. She's doing okay. She's just at home, uh, just chilling on the couch. She, she had a little high temp. And I just, you know, brought her back home. But she's doing good. She's doing good. She's just chilling. But Robo. Tell her, wait, Gaines, 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 tell her Uncle Robo send some Winston love. That'll always sort the kids out. Some Winston love, dude. Will do, dude. I will do that for sure. Thanks. So, mate, how does this work? A yabster, I mean, he, he kind of, like, dropped me in it. Uh, I mean, we have to be honest, you know, McKenna was going to come on. McKenna's out there in Timbuktu. I don't know what he's doing. He's drilling for bloody coal and diamonds and shit, this fella. Uh, so it was a bit last minute. And I'm going to be honest, I've only ever caught uh, Yelpsters uh, interviews. I don't know how I haven't caught you two guys interviewing other people. Uh, and I, I am going to go back. But Gaines, uh, legendary. I mean, I don't know how this works. I'm an open book. You tell me, fellas. Well, well I'll let legendary speak. A second. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, Robo, it's basically you telling us your story, um, kind of who you are as a person, because we know that you are in the crypto sphere, but we want to know more than that because you're more than just, you know, a, a person in the crypto sphere. Um, you have, you know, fears, you have joys, you have things that you're passionate about. So, tell us a little bit about the Robo behind the raccoon, right? 
and uh, and then we can kind of get into how you found crypto. But first of all, who are you? Now you don't have to tell us your name or anything, but just tell us yeah, who and, you are as a person. And why Robo? Why the name Robo too? Let's let's start with that too. Well, actually, Robo is part of my name, and I've always been called Robo all my life, and my father was Robo. It's uh, the family name. Like, it's shortened. It's a nickname uh, for a longer name, you know, similar to, like, the Swiss family, right? Uh, but it's always been the name, and it, it was passed on from, like, father to son, and it's always been that way. But going back to what uh, Legendary just said there uh, about, like, the person, like, who you are, like who you were and who you are, I think legendary are two different questions, no? Of course they are, right? Because we're always in a state of flux. We're always, should be at least either growing or stagnating, hopefully growing. So we can start off who you were and then kind of get to who you are. Well, actually, uh, that's better in reverse, actually. <laughs> uh, I mean, who I am, right? I'm just literally a normal dude that loves to hang around with his dogs like read English at a high level, where I can, when I've got time, change people's lives, helping kids get like the universities around the world, uh, instilling these skills where people like can go on and do like amazing things, right? Like 2013, I taught a woman uh, who went to work for Google in America, like just the little things like that, you know, the change in people's lives, right? I mean, that's who I am. Uh, how I got to this stage is a whole different ballgame. Uh, I mean, the dude, it's, it's interesting to see the dude behind the rack because I think it's uh, the rack behind the dude more than anything. I think this thing that uh, I've found with Raccoon is something I've been searching for, like, for all my life. Just a family where we have, like, undiluted admiration and respect for one another. Uh, we can approach each other with like difficult subjects and there's no pullback. There's no, you know, resistance. Uh, we're all headed in the right direction. I mean, I've been for 46 years, fellas, I've been looking for what I've found with my little rack family. And considering that I, I don't have anything around me family wise, except dogs, it's quite a nice situation to be in. You know, but it's been it's been a long road, Gaines. It's been a long road son, to get here. <laughs> Yeah, man, and I I do I do see that that uh, you can you can find a family in these um, type of like crypto communities, really close families. Definitely. First question. First question. Oh, sorry. First question I asked Games was about his kid, though. That's the fam. When when I spoke to Bobby the other week, first question I asked was like, how is when he came on the space? My first question was like, how's the dog? Because his dog had had an operation, and I wanted to know, right? Like. You know, guys, it, it, we care about one another in a different way than you see in these like other communities where you've got anons, essentially like anons, right? And they're on there. And, and there is this like almost when I look at some other communities, not in IBC, I'm talking about out of, there's this like superficial kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas like we are really getting to like know one another. I mean, you've got situations where we're helping each other in different ways that's never been done before. You've got games with the tats. You've got me teaching Diggy. You've got Rama sniping contracts for us all. I mean, at the moment, guys, and I'm not here to shill rack. That's that, you know, we'll get away from that. I just want to say that, like, where I am now, the place I'm in is a very happy position, and especially moving forward, 
uh, with Winston Dell. Hopefully, we can get this off the ground. We'll get some NFTs donated. The revenue can be like in perpetuity for Michael at uh, the sanctuary, right? The 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 post sanctuary that he runs in Thailand for one thousand and eighty dogs, right? Like if I can get to the stage where I've contributed to uh, cryptocurrency. And I'm able to see this charitable thing occurring because, I mean, Gaines, I'll be ready to retire soon, son. And legendary, you know, I think there's just so much positive vibes coming out right now. It's got me pumped, guys, pumped. I feel the exact same way, except for you, you have the sexy voice, too. Even though the Texas accent has been dubbed one of the sexiest, if not the sexiest, you know, accent, I have to disagree. Robo, you, you got it. I'm a very straight man, but your voice, I can listen to it all day. It's a, u- it's a unique, it's a unique ac- accent, actually. And I mean, as being uh, quite refined since I've been living out in Thailand and I was obviously teaching, uh, you know, I have to be, you know, articulate in the classroom. You know, the water, uh, uh, the w- <laughs> I can't even, guys, I can't even say this right with a, like a straight face. Because I'm just like, oh, don't talk like this on a space, you know. Like if I have to do like elocution lessons, you know. But I like to be me, like in general life. But it is a bit of a unique one. A small city uh, called Sunderland, uh, Sunderland. And it's uh, squashed kind of in between uh, Newcastle, which is, you know, the biggest northern or northeastern city in England. And uh, Middlesbrough, which is like just a shithole of planet Earth. We're kind of in the middle. We call ourselves God's country. So accent, bro. A lot of people think I'm Irish. Uh, I have got Irish in the family, legendary. But did you think there was a tinge of Irish there or not? A lot of people in Thailand think I'm Irish. Well, I'm actually Irish. um, And I'm trying to uh, track down my family. So I eventually have to go to Ireland and and find my my people. Where, Where from? Where from? We're out of Cork. We're at uh, Waterford in Corpus. I have no idea where they're from. I'm just, I'm following the blood, right? And so, ah, right. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm what they call a, a, a mixed breed here. So we got a lot of, a lot of, oh, dude, following the family tree, you get some right mad shit. Uh, we found out, we found out like uh, my great, great grandfather was like this champion runner in uh, England in the uh, like the early pitties in like the late 1800s and stuff. And he was like, uh, he, he was a mad fella. He had bloody kids all over the place and everything that we found out. He was like this philandering like dude that used to travel the country. Like really, my family's got some mad history, man. Like my grandma, my grandma's history is insane, man. She could speak seven languages, dude. Seven languages, my grandma. Mental. Yeah, that's intense. I think so So many times we're focused so much on going forward, we forget to look at the past and see all the rich history that's there, to see where we come from, to see just like the legends that some of our family members were. Like you talk about legends, my father is a legend because I think I'm from the Guinness Book of World Records for having the most children. So um, I'm not the only one with my name. I have, there's like five other at least. Because he's all like, oh, it's like uh, George Foreman. He's like, this son will be George Foreman, and this one will be George Foreman, and this one will be George Foreman. So eventually, me and my half-brothers, when we find each other, we'll have to have a Mortal combat and fight to the death. Because there can only be one legendary. 
I, I literally just don't know how to reply to that fact, mind. That, that's just insane, dude. <laughs> Anyone that can shut Rob up, he's like, on point, mind, dude. Oh, but even crazier, but even crazier. So we used the service, and so we did our DNA. We found out that my grandfather, right, had another child that no one knew about because he had this child apparently he didn't even know about. He had this child before he got married, and he got married and had two daughters, and so he never had a son. So then he raised me. I was like his son. Right, but it turns out he had a son from a previous woman, and so thanks, you know, ancestry. <laughs> so you, you know, you know that uh, that age, age old uh, decision, right, about family secrets, uh, whether to tell or not to tell, is something that absolutely at eight years old. Like I'm not going to talk about it right here, right now on the spaces. There, there are some other things I could talk about, but it's an event in my life. Uh, at eight years old, where I was told like a family secret, right? <clears throat> that still to this day, I'm the only like other person out of the the youngins. Like my, my... see, it's weird in my family. I, I said we're Irish. Uh, the, so you know my family, dude. Uh, on one side, the mother's side, uh, there's 167. Uh, again, is that is that? A, I mean, there's a couple died now. We might be down to like 163. That's on my mother's side. Is that a big family or not? I don't know. Yeah, You'll have to tell. That's, that's huge. <laughs> that's the Irish mob. Uh, my grandma, uh, she was one of ten. Uh, and then the generation like above them, there was a fucking shitload. There was about 14 or something. There was like, that's 160 odd, and that's including the like Irish contingent. But at like at eight years old, I was told, uh, informed of a family secret uh, that, that no eight year old should ever be put under. And it absolutely do just change my behavior overnight. I went from like just a. See, he was telling those family secrets and they got him. Yep, yep, they got him. Robo, can you hear us? I need to be careful. The NSA are always listening. Even if you're not in the United States, they are listening. But he was about to drop some real truth bombs, and they couldn't have that. Thing. Like, you know, when my front global cortex had started kicking in, and I had a, you know, I could comprehend the difference between, like, right and wrong. <clears throat> he, got, he got rugged. Yeah. Sorry about that, everybody. But all you beautiful people, um, I'm going to have to depart. The little games will still be here. I yes. will, we will fuse together like Goku and Vegeta, and he will become big games. I'll hold it down. Dairy games, right? I'll and hold I, it down. He's going to take over the rest of the, the space while I go, uh, go save the world. Thanks for stopping by, dude. Appreciate it. Of course. You know, I love this. I love this community. I love these people. I can't wait to, for Jacob to come up here or Sharkus to come up here, right? You know, there's so many, like, there's so many gems hidden in our community, right? Or even Bruce. I see you, Bruce, man. I see you. I haven't talked to you. Or Andre. Or B-Band. You know, we got Anton over there, right? We got, we got all these people, right? It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I love you all. And I'll see you next time. Thank you, Legendarius. Robo, you're back. Did he, did he exit before the dark stuff came or not? Did he exit before the dark stuff came? Hey, we, dude. we lost you. We lost you at where he Did was you? basically going to tell us the, the secret, you know? Oh, really? I can't believe it. What is happening with my connection? Uh, wait, I'm on the Wi-Fi. I should be fine. Like, I've just had a new fiber put in as well. You can hear me all right now, Gaines, yeah? 
Yes, you're you're correct. All right. So, dude, I had uh, like before twenty, like I had like several like life changing incidents. I, I mean, we'll start at the first one, shall we? Because I'm not going to come on like Yelpston talk about like me business and this and that because I haven't got that conversation now. But if you want to listen to some dark stuff, Gaines, do you want some dark stuff, brother? <laughs> well, you yeah, honestly, um, I was really curious uh, to find out like how how'd you land it in Thailand? So if if that's like a a nice story to get into, I would love to hear it. But you know, uh, Thailand actually is like just my cultural home. Believe it or not, Gaines, I've, I've I've I mean, I've spent so many years searching for peace and redemption and just like get away from everything that happened right and and when i came to thailand i got that opportunity to just be me to be free away from any restraints or or you know history or reputation or whatever uh dude it was that like caterpillar that coming to thailand was that like caterpillar caterpillar to butterfly moment for me dude uh, I mean, I, I can I can get to that. I, I tell you what, let's let's rewind quickly though at the beginning, dude. Just a couple of stories for you, Gaines. Is that all right? A couple of stories for you and the listeners, quickly. No. Oh, I'm yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Wherever you want to start, that's totally fine. The first, the first, the first probable thing that I like I remember about my life though that was incidental in a big way was uh, the car crash that I had with my mother when I was four years old. Yeah, so my mother was like twenty eight. Uh, I was four in the back in the car seat in a, a Triumph Dolomite. Anybody can go and Google this car, right? Triumph Dolomite. Uh, nugget yellow with walnut dash. Guys, you should see the fucking state of this car we crashed in, man. Folded over like, like a tin house, man. You have, you have no... Like a straw house. You have no idea what happened. Like, basically, me and my mum... Just after Christmas, right after Christmas and before New Year, my mum and I were driving down the street. I'm four years old. I'm in the car seat. I'm happy. No problem. We, we lived out on the outskirts of the city, like a bit of a country road. We were driving up, right? The guy in front braked. Uh, my mum automatically braked, hit black ice. I mean, we've heard, like I've been told, I don't know, do I? Uh, seven or eight times the car rolled over, but it went down like an embankment uh, and into the field. And, and the thing is, I was fine. I was totally, guys, unharmed. And uh, the hospital said it's because, like, my skeleton uh, wasn't formed. Like, if anybody knows, babies are born with, like, far more bones than they have when you're older. I think it's like, uh, someone will have to Google the fact for me, but it's like, I think kids are born with like 331 bones or something. And then as an adult, we're like 302 or 303. I can't remember the numbers, guys. It's late, but it's something like that anyway. Like as a kid, as you grow, your bones like start to like come together. And I was quite lucky at that age that my body was like really flexible and the car like just tippled over for fun. And I, I remember I only know this incident because I remember hanging upside down in the seat. And I, this is the only memory I've got. And I remember the guys running down the embankment, two guys that came and got us, two guys running down the embankment, like shouting, right? And I remember the hot piss. I was upside down and I pissed myself, right? Four years old. And the hot piss, I remember like that. That's, oh, that is the trigger of the memory of that moment in my life. Anyway, unfortunately, yeah, my mum wasn't so lucky. Like uh, she broke her back, broke her neck, uh, 
two broken arms, one broken leg, broken hip, jaw. Uh, I mean, smashed beyond recognition. Like, uh, she was like 11 months or something in traction, pretty much. Pretty fucked up, like, gains. Uh, I, I lost my mum for, like, over a year at that age, like, and I had to go and live with my grandma, like, out the blue. Like, I was fine. I wasn't injured at all. I was absolutely fine. They were shocked, right? This is the story I've been told. They were shocked that everything was okay. But, like, they never expected my mother to ever be able to walk again. And uh, I got shipped off to grandma and sat to, like, live there for pretty much, like, well, well over a year. And then when I went back home as well, my mum was never the same. She was so bad-tempered and short-tempered. And, like, I was the only kid at the time. Uh, like, when I went back home, I just wanted to go back to my grandma's. Didn't want to live at home, bro. Oh, my goodness, bro. Oh. It was just you two in the car when that happened? It was. My dad was at work, yeah, and it was, uh, it was, uh, I'll tell you when it was, dude. It was uh, 1980. Uh, the Triumph, like I said, the Triumph Dolomite, if you go back and look, I mean, it was. I've looked online, I've researched the, the, the car itself. I mean, what a horrendous car would just, got hit by, like, anything bigger than itself, and it would just, like, fold up on you. Very, she was very lucky to be alive. She uh, broke her uh, two, two vertebrae in the neck. And one in the back. Uh, they said she would never walk again. When she did walk again, they said she would be in a wheelchair by the time she's 40. And she's still on her feet, dude. Dear man, she's, she's lethal, my mother, dude. If you think I'm bad, what do you think she's like, dude? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I can already imagine how she's like. <laughs> uh, dude, uh, she's actually, actually my mum. There's a funny story about this. Uh, my mum was a magistrate for uh, 26 years. Because she couldn't work uh, after the accident, because she was, like, full-time, like, sick, like, there's no chance she could go and sit in a chair for eight hours a day. Uh, by the way, before this, she used to be the uh, bilingual PA to the MD of Rent-A-Kill uh, in Paris. So if anybody knows Rent-A-Kill, uh, originated, obviously, out of France back in the day. Uh, my mum was the PA to the, to the fucking MD of Rent-A-Kill. You know Rent-A-Kill, yeah? No, I'm not familiar. No. They kill all the rats and the pest control, like one of the biggest in the world, rent to kill. They're the dudes that come and catch all your rats for you, yeah? Uh, uh, maybe not so, yeah. so much in America, but in Europe and Asia, and that, they're massive. She used to be the PA. She was living in Paris and that, my mum, man. Proper, like, like career woman. I mean, she came back to England to have me when she got pregnant, right? Uh, but she was like a career woman and this just ruined her life. So anyway, she went, I'm not going to talk about her, but she went and became a magistrate for 26 years, uh, sat on the biggest uh, case of animal cruelty uh, in the history of the UK. Because uh, for animal cruelty, you don't go to Crown Court uh, in the UK. You go to Magistrates Court and it happened to be the Magistrates Court it was allocated to. She was on the front page of the uh, paper, The Sun, if anyone knows his son in England, my mum was on the front page. The magistrate ran out of the court crying. Mad story. That shit gains as well. Mate, you shouldn't have got me on talking shit, man. <laughs> Wait, Robo, so you're telling me you have Asian uh, blood in you. I mean, you're, I, I didn't know that about you. I didn't know you were, you were Asian. Wait a minute. Asian blood? What do you mean? I didn't say I had Asian blood. Where did you get that from? Did you say your mom is Korean? 
Oh no, sorry, she was a career woman. Did I speak that quick? Oh, she's a career woman. Sorry, dude. I'll have to slow her down. I'll, I'll have to slow it. Dude, I'll have to slow her down. Sorry, dude. Because, you know, when you talk, games, you get emotional and you get like, not, not wound up, but you know. And I was a bit nervous about this today, actually. You know, you know, are you going to be decent listeners? Are we in it for the crack or, or what, you know? Anyway, there's a story. Uh, Again, there is a one I can't tell you. There is a one I can't tell you, right? Uh, for, for, for certain reasons. Online, I wouldn't do this. I, I'm just going to say, like, an eight-year-old I had the rug pulled under, like, me feet. Like, my entire reality that I had up to eight uh, wasn't real. And at eight, I got the rug pulled under my feet. Worse than you can imagine. And overnight, dude, it just turned me into this horrible little bastard. Do you know what I can At eight years old, I became a horrible little twat. And I, when I look back, I despise myself now, you know? Hmm. Yeah, when you're around that age, you, you tend to go through, you know, um, a stage where you, you will remember a lot of the things that happen in your life. So are, are a lot of those things that you went through, like, very memorable? Well, one of the, one of the biggest memorable ones was uh, getting my throat slashed open. Uh, that changed my outlook on life. Uh, taking like nearly three months to learn to like, you know, talk again. Uh, that was a big moment that changed shit, I must say. Uh, after that, I kind of realized that I like, I needed to like behave a little bit and, and conduct myself maybe in a, bit, in a bit of a different way. But actually, when this happened, this incident, you know, I was actually behaving myself at the time. I was, I was an innocent uh, and, and I got attacked at, at a particular time with a girlfriend of mine at like 16, 16 years old, uh, 16 and a half, I think, again, 16 and a half, it would have been, what it, I think, in 93, like, yeah, yeah, like 16 and a half, uh, I got attacked in a, in a pizza shop when I was with a girlfriend from football supporters, had my throat slashed open, dude, uh, ended up like in a fucking very bad way, like I was so lucky to live, man, games. Absolutely, dude. They didn't even they didn't even take me out of the ambulance, you know, to do the work. They just had the needles of the blood ready when they pulled up, like to get in me. I was oh so dude, so I do that, dude. I mean, I was borderline, literally borderline dead. Like, well, actually, <laughs> I didn't even like. I wasn't even going to mention this, honestly. Uh, apparently, apparently, I died once. Uh, just got on the heart pump and and got me back in the game like just as we got to the front of the a &E, they were already there they had the blood type they had my id obviously everything they needed uh literally they were just in the ambulance bang get the blood in before they would get me into surgery dude like but uh, i showed dickie and uh sin city you know me and D uh, dickie and sin city met the other week yeah 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 you, you showed them you have you have of course uh, of course i did on the big scar you got a big scar right don't you? My throat's, my throat's sliced open, mate, in like five places, yeah. I was so, again, quarter of an inch from the jugular, quarter of an inch from the jugular, dude. How lucky am I, dude? The day that that happened was the day that my life changed, like, it was a day that I was like, right, I can't go. And bearing in mind, this was like, from when I was eight years old to like 16, just doing what the fuck I want, like running away from home for weeks on end, man, I'm 14 years old, not giving a shit, going to live with like, ah, oh, dude, man, what was I doing? What, please, everybody, if you're a parent here, 
just listen to how like and my parents are amazing parents it's not them just situational and what we were put in and where we lived and what we were doing at the time and my parents are fantastic parents couldn't be better had issues no doubt but don't we all we all have baggage right i mean we have to overlook that at times yeah but i mean you know when i look back at myself as a kid i'm like what the fuck were you doing what was your thought process to think you could like act like that and and i think that's where parents need to have a far more like firmer uh, reach and position over like their kids behavior until at least until at least 18 if not 21. again stop me if i'm wrong you don't even start thinking properly like guys i would say it's a bit earlier women i would i'm not being derogatory this is science it's proven fact and there's lots of stuff online you know i think it's about like 22 for guys 21 22 and about 24 for women where you what is it joe rogan keeps talking about that front uh global uh you know your brain he keeps talking about that front part of your brain that's the uh i forgot it now mate you're not in charge of your decisions until you're like what like 22 23 gains i mean yeah i would say that you know when you're young like that you're going through an, a really crazy phase you're, you're going through a lot of changes right um puberty and everything a lot of emotions they're always super like supercharged when you're that young so uh there's a lot of different things that make you act <laughs> a certain way right um I, you're talking about the front lobe is that what you're saying of the brain the front lobe yeah what is it again i forgot the, the front lobal cortex or something rama's here rama will know probably rama's course now oh my god you invited candy man i don't fucking believe this the gestapo arrived hello rain man the gestapo has just clocked in for work i think it's called uh like the cerebrum or the cerebral cortex or something like there that. there you go yep uh yes hello mr robo how are you I'm not so bad, so not, I'm not so bad. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you've come in. I'll tell you what, what a beast you are. I took a double check of you today. I had the tape measure out and I was looking at your furniture, like trying to work out how big you are. Check you surprised me. I tell you, hey, 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 listen, you lot listening, don't think Ram has soft tones on here. I'll tell you what, he'll fucking snap your arm. He'll snap your arm. Oh, dude, I need to slow down. I'm Got a little bit. Uh, he thought a Korea, Korea woman became Korean. I need to slow it down, dude. Yeah, my my bad, Robo. I didn't. I I heard Korea woman, and I'm like, oh, she's Korean. So Robo's, you know, Asian. You know, that's cool. I did so need to slow question, down. Robo. We were uh, oh. we were on the topic of uh, maturity and when um you know people can start to make decisions for themselves. When I was uh, fourteen or fifteen. I uh, I decided to uh, no, no longer travel with my crazy bitch mother and uh, live with her ex-boyfriend's mother, who I call my nan now. And she raised me. I made that decision. I was like, I don't want to live with you anymore. At what age nan, you nan, or, nan or nonna. Nan or nonna. Because yeah. nonna's that. Oh, okay. In, in Australia. Great language. I'm Australian. It's nan, mate. It's all you got. I know a lot of people, a lot of people, especially the Italians, say nonna in Australia, right? Yeah, but they're Italian-Australian. They're not just Australian-Australian. I'm, I'm Hungarian-Australian, so I don't even know what the word is for that. My pop would never teach me Hungarian. Uh, he, he caught his boat over here and he left it behind. 
my question to you, Mr. Robbo, was at what age did you leave home, mate? It depends which time, because I kept getting, uh, I kept getting taken back. Uh, the first time was after the bomb threat. So, I mean, if you want to go down that route, if you really want to go down that route, right, if you want to know a story, yeah, at eight years old, uh, I was told that my, uh, my emotional father, that the, the only guy I'd ever known in my life, uh, wasn't my biological father. And in fact, my biological father was a policeman uh, who hated my mother and abused her beyond belief for such a period of time, uh, bounced me off a wall when I was 18 months, did shit that, like, you know, people should not speak of, right? And then she ran away in the middle of the night with me, pretty much like half naked, ran away in the middle of the night in the pouring rain and went and told the family what was happening because she was hiding it, right? And then I'm eight years old, she decides to tell me this story. And I go fucking nuts overnight. I have this inbuilt, I mean, I have this inbuilt hatred of police overnight that you should never program into a child uh, within, I think, about three or four days or something. She'd left me alone in the house to, to go and do a few bills, a post office and stuff. She'd watch the TV. I'll be back soon. Eight years old. I phoned a bomb threat into the police station. Uh, I said, I know my father's there. I'm coming for him. I've put a bomb in the police station. You're fucking warned. Next thing I knew, I had like 20 squad cars outside the house. Fucking police raided the house like you wouldn't believe. It's what? It's uh, 1984. I don't know if they can track your fucking phone. I haven't watched that many movies ever. And my mum didn't come home for like nearly two hours. And the cops are in there all the time. And the cops are like, what's happened? We've had a bomb threat from this address. And I'm like, no, 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 I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And I've got the dog, got Brandy with me. And I'm just sitting with the dog in the corner like, wasn't me, wasn't me, wasn't me. Two hours. My mother pulls up outside in the fucking XR3i, the old Ford Escort XR3i that we had. My mum pulls up outside. There's 20 fucking squad cars outside the house. And I just said to the cops, it was me. Didn't let her get me. Like, I was like, don't let her fucking come near me. Don't let her get me. Please. Like, she'll kill me. She'll kill me. Keep her away. Keep her away. <laughs> fucking my life changed overnight from that moment. Now, I was due to go on a ski trip. Uh, the school, you know, the school have the trips. We're due to go on the ski trip to Europe, right? Uh, that was cancelled. Uh, my mum gave me a ticket to, like, the poorest kid in the village, the only kid in the class who couldn't afford to come. Uh, dude, my life after that, man. They, they took, tried, like, they, this is how my mum became a magistrate, because they took my mum to court, and my mum had to, like, fight this. Uh, and, and she got, like, a kind of slight reprimand. Uh, but uh, Rama's asking, Rama's question is, like, how old are you? Rama, when you need to be able to make decisions for yourself, sometimes that 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 uh, that opportunity to make decisions for ourselves is taken away from us by the facts that we are presented and what it does chemically to your brain. No, I don't know. Am I talking shit, bro? Well, that was the reason why I asked the question, right? Because uh, I, I figured you'd probably have a story, given uh, what you know we've talked a little bit before, and uh my story is pretty specific and i kind of gave you a little bit of an intro to that and then uh, i was just interested in kind of uh yours and uh what you know what what your drive and what your momentum is and you know the reasons for uh how you are today and how you can kind of rama i grew up from uh, england into thailand and and live on your own right that kind of sounds rama like i grew up experience 
I grew up with an inherent hatred of the police, like you wouldn't imagine. So when I was like like nine, ten, right, I used to sneak out the window, the bedroom window, and I would like go and climb up the drain pipe of the butcher's shop and get the tiles like off the roof and like throw a few in the street, like just to get the coppers out. I would sometimes like ring them and tell them I was going to do it. And when they would pull up, I would just like throw the tiles at them and shit. Like I was like, I had no comprehension of right and wrong because that, that comprehension of right and wrong was rug pulled from me. Up until then, I'd been like Saturday night or Friday night watching a uh, Julia Bravo or The Bill or whatever the police programs are. You know, you watch the kids nowadays watch CSI or whatever. But then, you know, I was seven, eight years old, growing up, learning about the world. The police were the good guys. They did this. They did no. And then your mother tells you, no, no, well, your dad's not your dad. I was married to a policeman and he beat me the fuck up like you wouldn't believe. I mean, telling me at eight years old that I got bounced off a wall, man. What's I going to do to some kid? And I was a clever kid, Rama mind. Very sharp mind. Like not your average kid, yeah? Well read. I mean, I read Lord of the Rings. I uh, started reading Lord of the Rings when I was 10. I mean, I could read so many books by like, I'd read all the classics, dude. Like Jules Verne, Charles Dickens. I've been reading, reading, reading all my life since I was like two years old, dude. But then like you have this like semblance of, you know, what is right, what is wrong. And it gets rugged from under your feet and you don't have it. And of course, your brain isn't formulated to, like, to even hamming. Dude, if anyone here is listening and you're thinking about telling your eight-year-old kid a secret, Trust me, it's a fucking bad idea. Wait till they're 14 and there's some reasoning in them. Then try and drop them a fucking truth bomb, yeah? Robo, um, is that still affecting you today when you look at like a police officer or law enforcement? Has has that still been affecting your life, you know? Dude, I live in Thailand. Dude, I live in Thailand. You know, a conversation about law enforcement. Come on, Gacy. That... You, you should have prepared for this, mate. Asking police <laughs> questions in Thailand. It's literally just like a couple thousand baht and then the, the issue disappears. Come on, brother. No, no, but like really, really robo. Or actually, you know, while you were young, you know, this, this really affected your, your entire life, like how you viewed law enforcement because your, your father used to abuse your mom, you know, so. Not necessarily, Gaines, not necessarily. I'll tell you what I believe in right now, here and now. I believe in good and bad. That's it. I believe inherently on this earth there are good people and there are bad people, and I don't care about religion, colour, creed, whatever. There's nothing in my life that I think, and, and there's no better place to say this in the US, what's happening now, even yesterday with, like, the civil war uh, breaking out in the FBI, right, over Ray and the Trump. I mean, it's it's insane what's happening in the FBI now. Over Mar-a-Lago, the stage four. I mean, those stage photos, fuck it out. Uh, but it's it's a right and wrong, dude. There's people out, out there that want to take from people, and there's people that want to give to people. Uh, there's, there's people out there that love kids. There's people out there that want to abuse kids, which, again, is something very, very close to my heart, mind that subject and i don't want to go on about that today because that will that's not the subject to talk about today there are in fact it's not good and bad it's good and evil to me it doesn't i don't care about religion blah 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 color creed anything rich poor whatever 
It's just, I, I just see the world divided between good and evil dudes. Am I talking shit again? No, no, you're not. You're not talking shit. So I guess, so I guess I could ask you another question, Robo. When you were younger, um, what was your dream, like dream job or career? Dude, teacher, I'm not going to lie. Teacher, uh, I did my work experience. So I think, uh, is it, I think it's the, in England, it will be the fourth year seniors, uh, the year before your fifth year seniors, which will be like your grade 12 equivalent. Uh, I actually went to my younger brother's school and taught, like I was a, a teacher, like a assistant teacher for a week. Dude, I've always wanted to be a teacher all my life. Do you know that? And I'm doing it and it's amazing. Changing lives like the, the way I do is spectacular. Like I can't comprehend how I feel when someone passes a test or someone gets a job. Or like, and I'm like, I help them do that. Not I did that. I helped them do that. Because like I said to someone on a spaces the other week, uh, how I, I, sorry, no, I didn't. I said this to Dickie. This was part of uh, when I was speaking to Dickie, who has already got a job. Shout out, Dickie, mind. Rama, come and shout out, Dickie, or what? You're the Rama, come and shout out, Dickie. You, you go for it, brother. You do your thing. No, but he got, he got a job yesterday. He, he was here a few weeks ago, and he said, I want to come back and teach. And I went, I'll help you. And he's already on the course. He's already a few weeks into his seller course, right? Uh, he's already had the interview yesterday. He already got the job. He had the job before the interview. Me boss said, what's he like? I went, mustard. He went, he's got the job. This is how we roll. I mean, this is what, like, 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 because he's clever, he's intelligent, he's articulate, he's well-read, he's well-presented. Diggy ticks all the boxes to be an extremely extremely successful teacher out here and i'll tell you what i'm gonna help him diggy until he's in like a duplex penthouse and he's he's on 180 grand a month at a top international school right and then i'm just gonna be like yeah we did that shit didn't we Diggy? like like you know being an educator and, and then to answer gains's question to be an educator is one of the most powerful powerful things in the world uh, for several reasons, man, guys. Like, there's a, there's a lot of things. Like, I, I got sidetracked, like, talking about uh, Dickie, but I, I've had to instill in them some values, some basic values, right? Like, as a teacher or trainer, is it like, Dickie, the kids don't get to pick you. They are given you. They have no choice in your selection. Therefore, you have a duty of care. As an educator, how I say my job is, I have a duty of care, just like a doctor, just like a fireman or a policeman or an engineer. You don't want to drive across the bridge and the bridge collapse into the bloody river, right? You, you, your engineer has a duty of care, right? It's a little bit like your priest when you go to confession, no? Uh, your doctor has a duty of care to you. Don't teachers or instructors or trainers, don't we have a duty of care to the people that we are, like, like given the responsibility of their development? I mean, that's the way that I view my career, guys, is I'm, I'm so, guys, Dickie will tell you he's had, like, eight hours now. From day one, I've been like, Dickie, this is how it works out here. Don't come out here thinking this or this. Like, we're focused. It's about them. It's not about you. It's about your kids. 
we're selling dreams, is what I said to him. I sell dreams, guys, right? Some kid comes to me, says, Andy, I can get a golf scholarship in Ohio State, but I need to get a fourteen ninety uh, on on the sat. Like, can you help me? What am I supposed to say? No, go away. You know, I'm supposed to say, I'll tell you what, let's give it a crack. Tell your mum to give us half up front, half at the end of the course when you get your score. Let's go, do me book, let's see what we can do. And I've done it, I've got 50, I've got 49, not 50, I'm not going to lie. I've got 49 kids uh, that have, and finished, on are now studying in universities around the world, and I can name them, Berkeley, MIT, Oxford, Cambridge, Solcal, where do you want to, I mean, what do you want to fucking talk when it comes to education? The, uh, and the guys, going rate for this the course not... now is uh, one floor rack NFT, just if you're wondering. Rama, I give some presentation, I give some presentation, like, I, I want and see that I haven't had much time. Uh, Gaines mentioned earlier about the spaces not just being about crypto. Gaines said this at the beginning. I made a note on my notepad here. Gaines said, yeah, like, I was just memeing, brother. You know me. No, no, no. But you are totally right, though, bro. What you're saying is, like, this is what I've been thinking about is why can't I share some of these skills online with the spaces? Because we have such a big uh, non native English speaking audience. When we do these spaces, you know, I know I'm speaking like this, but I am aware in crypto, dude, and we've got people from all over the world. And, and you know, if I could, I mean, I give, I give one free lesson, Bruce and them were there, but I should be doing more. I mean, if I can get some more time, dude, like I intend, I intend to try to like give back to the crypto community some form of like knowledge of what I do. Because when it comes to English, Robo knows everything, man. There's no question about that, dude. Gaines, did that answer your question, bro? That did. That did. Thank you very much, Robo. Thank you very much. But can you can you kind of explain it in depth, like what you actually do as a teacher, if you don't mind? Because I know a lot of people listening and probably don't exactly know. Well, I, I mean, I actually finished as a standardized teacher uh, four and a half years ago. So February 2018, after uh, after five years of grade 12, like upper high school, grade 12, yeah, before uni, uh, after five years of that and being a, like a lead teacher. So when Dickie goes to his school, depending on how big his school is, like five, six, seven foreign teachers, yeah, someone in the school would be their line manager. I, I did five years of that, bro, man. I couldn't cope with it anymore. I'd, I'd had enough. I, I did... I did what I wanted to do, and I wanted to piss off and write a book. And that's exactly what I did. I asked the wife, I said, we've got some money. I want to write the book. I want to see what, how I can get into, like, full-time business. Because uh, I've been doing part-time business, guys, since 2013. So I've been a part-time business instructor, or I was, sorry, part-time business instructor from uh, 2013 the end of 2013, like in November. Uh, and I was part-time up until February uh, 2018. And the thing is, I asked my company, who I was working for part-time, like, can I go full-time? I want to leave the schools. I want to go full-time. I want to do corporate. And they were like, we don't think we can, like, support you, like, with a full-time, like, salary. Like, 
Like, it's not about the salary. And I was like, fair enough. I, I, I made the decision. I, I needed to do it. So I went solo. I went solo. And uh, I was quite lucky because all my documentation was still in order. My work permit was still valid for a while, right? A few months. And actually, you can work for multiple companies on your work permit here if it's in the same industry. Like, so my industry education, or my field, sorry, education, uh, like I can work for more than one person on the work permit, right? Uh, I was really lucky with that. So I went solo and I tapped up a few people I knew. Uh, a couple of ties, also a couple of foreigners. And I was like, look, can you hook me up? And I fucking struck gold. Gains, I struck some gold, son. I got some fucking of the best contracts in Thailand. I went solo and got so, like three of the best contracts in Thailand, like overnight. So can you believe the skin? Can you believe the skin in the game Robo had at that time, man? <laughs> I can already imagine how how happy you were and how emotional that must have been just to, to land that kind of deal. Well, I got three. Uh, I got the National Intelligence Agency, which I've mentioned to you guys privately before. Uh, I actually transitioned them over to my company uh, that I work for now, that I actually worked for before. I actually like work for the, it's like a parent company. Uh, Dickie's going to work for like one of the companies right now. I, I work for one of the other companies, right? But I actually left my company, so you know I started working for them uh, in May 2013, and I left in February 2018. So like five years, right? Uh, I went solo. They heard my success. They're straight on the phone. Hey, bro, we need you back. <laughs> the three contracts are dude with the NIA. Uh, OHEC, which is the uh, Office of Higher Education, which is the uh, like the, the people who oversee the universities. You've got like the Office of Basic Education, kindergarten, primary, you know, secondary, whatever. Then you've got OHEC, who is the uh, tertiary education specialists. I got them. Oh, sorry, I, I got the Royal Irrigation Department as well. I bagged them, dude. The Royal Irrigation Department, the RID. Oh. Crushed that one as well. Basically, I had uh, the other one because I, I just remembered our ID. The other one is Amway. You know Amway, yeah? You must know Amway. ML, MLM, the marketing dudes. They're American, right? Amway, yeah? Mm -hmm. uh, I bagged them. Really look because they're only up the road. Dude, they're only up the road. I walked up, walked in with a suit, gave them like a resume, like letter. And I said, look, if you're looking for business English, give us a shout. They were on the phone two days later. It was fucking unbelievable, man, Gaines. And then my company were like, oh, fuck, we need you. Uh, so they came back and they were like, well, uh, will you take like this salary? And I was like, no. Nah. And then they were like, will you take this salary? I was like, no. Nah. And they're like, what do you want? I want hourly pay. I want to do what I want. And I want you to let me run my shit and organize my shit and leave me alone. Pay the salary. I'll put the money in your bank account. I'll, I'll sell the contract to you. Just do what you need to do. And they were like, fair enough. And when Dickie comes out, he's kind of kind of, because when Dickie comes, I'm going to go to Dickie's first day of training. <laughs> Rama, I'm going to go in the three-piece, dude, for Dickie's training. You know Rob was going to rack up that day like a fucking king, now. Nah. I have no doubt at all that you're going to give him the most welcoming intro to the organization. You tell him to rock up in his thongs, his uh, singer singlet, his white sunnies to his first day, 
and then you rock up in the immaculate three-piece. He's got the belt buckle hanging out. He's got the shine shoes, the hair slicked back. He's ready to go. Nah, Diggy's, Diggy's just had some new suits uh, made. Uh, special ones with like 16 pockets for all of the fucking pussies going to be picking up. I warned, I warned Gaines not to get me on this space. I warned him. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everybody's enjoying it so far. So yeah, speaking no. of uh, Thailand, I mean, yeah, not the particular topic you were just on. Um, so you, you uh, what, what brought you to Thailand? I don't think we've been here just yet. I, uh, I think we've been oh, here. Kind of your, your work yeah. currently, oh. uh, you know, a bit of your background. What, what made you, what was the driving factor for going to Thailand for Robbo? Well, I mean, I'd been out here before, right? I came out where, when the tsunami kicked off, right? I came out to like help out a little bit uh, and went back home. And, and that had like zero impact because I was still like really heavy in the Ibiza, uh, the Raven back home, Liverpool. You know, I mean, we were doing some, like, naughty things back in those days, right? Uh, 2004, yeah. So it was uh, December 2004 when it happened. And then I came out after to help, like, my father's friend who had retired and bought a little place in PP and got wiped out, right? So I came out for a bit. Uh, uh, what happened was, dude, is that, we, uh, you know, my partner at the time, like, like not my wife that obviously I've talked about like recently, uh, my partner at the time, right? My British partner, yeah. Uh, like her and I were, I mean, we're very, very, you know, rave heavy, Ibiza like several times a year. Obviously I lived in Ibiza a few years before. Uh, uh, things were like mental. But what was the real driver was that I had a bull mastiff uh, Delta, that was her name, Delta. Uh, got her in uh, 2000, right, just after the millennium. Uh, she was seven years, well, six and a bit years old or whatever, and she got diagnosed with cancer. And what happened was, like, how it panned out, and, and I've got photos, I can show you guys, you know. How it panned out is that uh, she got cancer. Uh, we got the biopsy, as you do. And... Uh, things were looking okay, and then we found out, like, right at, like, it was too late, you know. And it got through to the uh, liver, uh, and it's like the liver, of, uh, is it the liver of the kidneys? Which one makes you piss, Rama? Which one makes you piss is your liver or kidneys? Kidney. One that kidneys. makes you piss, right? Kidney, all right, okay. She had kidney failure. Oh, yeah, that's right. She had a uh, 60, when we found out. Kidney deals with the leftovers. That's the one. That's the one. She had 67%. Because no, people might not understand, but your kidneys are functional like thirds. Or a dog's kidneys function on thirds, which is what the doctor said. It's like, there'll be like a 33% failure, like, you know, a 67% failure or whatever, and then blah, blah, blah. Uh, she had like the 67% failure. And I got some like options uh, of what to do with the leg and, you know, medication, extend a life. And this was like 2006, uh, just after I'd come back. This was like about three weeks after I'd come back from like, uh, like uh, I think I was in Ibiza for a month before that, right? And I came back, my mum had been looking after the dog. And I noticed a thing. And anyway, we, we did this after. 
We we managed to uh, keep her going though, right, until the beginning of uh, 2007. And it was uh, basically like what happened was is that we knew that within the next like 10 days to two weeks, we're probably going to have to get the dog put out. And we were really unhappy about the situation and, and how it had changed. And my partner had just been offered a redundancy from uh, Power. She was going to get like 18 grand redundancy. Uh, there was very little liquidity in the house, not much at all, right? It just yeah, covered the costs, blah, blah. Uh, but we had the car, right? We had a, a little decent car between us, right? And our, one of our friends had moved to Australia. And it was New Year's Eve. We were at home. We couldn't go out with our friends and stuff because the dog was so sick. You know, she could have died in the middle of the night or something like that, right? And we're, and we're trying to make, I mean, she's sleeping on the floor, pissing and shitting everywhere. I'm cleaning up 20 hours a day. I'm sick of my life, Rama, right? But it's me dog. I'm, I'm going to do all the things because that's what you do when you're a man. So you do when you're a man. Are you listening, people? When you're a man, you can clean piss and shit up, right? Just remember that. Anyway, we, we you know, sitting there. And we just looked at each other and we're like, when this happens, like, what are we going to do? And she said, fuck it. Let's just go. Fuck and get rid of everything. Let's just, I'm sick of it. Fuck and let's go. And I went, this is how long it took me. I went, are you serious? And she went, yes, I'm sick of it all. My situation, well, like with our mother and her house, that's another story. And I was like, are you serious? And she was like, yes. And I was like, okay. That's it. That's all it took. That was 15 years ago, 15 and a half years ago. That story, right? This, this occurred 15 and a half years ago, uh, January the 1st, like 2 a.m., uh, 2007. And after traveling and being around for like quite a while, you know, doing your thing. And we were just like, right. Fuck it. And she, she well, I mean, she didn't die. Uh, I had to take out of the vets. Uh, I've got uh, there's some guys got the situation where my mother came to my house, took one look at her, and said, "We go to the vets now," because I couldn't make that decision myself. And and I, and I respect myself for that, like not being able to make that decision. But I'll not I'll not be afraid to make it again. But I was at that time, guys. It was it was a very difficult decision. I mean, little girl, right? And when she went, and she went in my arms, and if anyone's been there at the vets, it's fucking horrible. They shave the paw, they inject them in the front leg, it hits their heart in seconds, they collapse in you, it's absolutely heartbroken. I drank a bottle of vodka before I could even go in the vets. I came out the vets, I puked all over. And I went home, and a few friends come up, and they give me a few things to make me relax a little bit, and, and then be okay, and it, it took me a little while to get over, and when I sobered up, that was it. It was on. We were traveling, and literally, we, I went into full mode, right, I'm going to Australia. And I'm getting to your point, Ram, about Thailand, but I was like, right, we're going to Australia, we're going through picking, we're going to do the whole backpacker shit. Got no dog, and got no, nothing to stay here for, no job, fuck me job, I, le I left a class job, dude. <gasps> when I left my job, the people who were in my job... We're making five, six grand a month on the iPhone salesman. If you people know how much money I left in England to go fruit pick in Australia for buttons, for, this story's ridiculous. And we're in Australia, 
I did uh, two and a half years around Australia. And then I came to Asia. I traveled Asia. I fell in love with Thailand. I actually met a Thai bird when I was in Australia with my partner, which is another story. Uh, but it took me a long time to get to Thailand. It took me a long time to like leave England and get here, dude. Is that what you're looking for? No, I don't know. Rack said he wanted some real shit tonight. I don't know. That's a story, bro. Yeah, no. I'll no, tell no. you how I got. Um, so you kind of you 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 left uh, you left England. Uh, you had a bit of time in Australia. You seem to uh, pass over that pretty quickly. So, uh, can you tell me the the best story from your time in Australia and the last story that you have from Australia? Is there a rubble? You're, you're muted. I bet, I bet yeah. he's talking on mute. I, I Sorry, dude, I was, I was talking on mute. You know why? I was talking on mute because I was right. Uh, you did ask about the first and the last, but I think what's more important is to say to you guys. Uh, no, no. So when I went, it, you weren't listening, Robert. I said the best and the last. Okay, okay. But I think, I think there's actually a, probably a more important point about the relationship with uh, Australia and Thailand that you might want to know first, right? Is that when I... When I got to Australia, I landed in Perth. It was uh, April, right at the beginning of April. And guys, I don't know if you know about the west coast of Australia, but dude, it is fucking windy as fuck, man. Jesus Christ down there. I mean, if you're there the, the wrong time of year, it's windy as hell. Uh, Ram the beaches around Perth is a cotter's law. Is a cotter's law, dude? Yeah, you'll have to remind me. It is cotter's law. People can check it. I've been um, at the cotter's law. Asking, you're asking an East Coaster about the West Coast. I know, I know, I know. Countries like we, WA doesn't exist except for the fact that they bring us millions or billions of dollars worth of uh, income through their mineral sales uh, and they get none of it back. So, you know, they just don't exist. Oh, do you know what's fucking hilarious? This conversation I'm going to have with Rama now. I hope he's all at Rama. When I landed in Australia, uh, it was nothing like I thought. I mean, like it was just like back home in Blighty, but with like nicer looking people, more expensive beer, more expensive prices, and the same, and the Queen's head on me, fucking coins. Dude, when I first got to Australia, I was in Perth for a month and I was lying on the beach. And I, you lay on the beach for five minutes and you were covered in sand and you were like, fucking sick of your life. What is this shit? And so anyway, so me and the missus, me and the missus were just like, we had loads of money. We were walking past a travel agent and we were like sick of our life. What was happening, right? Like, like landed in Perth with friends. The friends were like, oh, get this apartment, get this job. And we were like, maybe we didn't come for that, right? And we walked past the travel agents and we were like, see this like Thailand deal? And it was uh, 2007, just after the 2006 coup. So it was cheap as fuck, right? All of the travel deals in Thailand were cheap. And I, I don't know what it was. It was like $1,800 for like two weeks of luxury. We looked at each other. We went like, shall we? We're fucking sick of living here, like Western Australia. Yeah. Dude, I'd only been in Australia one month and I flew, but I flew to Thailand for two weeks and went to uh, Phuket and lived a life of luxury. And, and I experienced like more of Thailand than I had of Australia. The thing was with me, and it still is, Australia is not foreign. Thailand is, and it's still foreign every day now. Uh, it's like I'm, when, I, when I moved to Australia I was on the other side of the world but it didn't feel like it 
So like I was in like America or Kobe or whatever. When I came to Thailand, you know, you're talking about the Orient. You're talk- you, you know, dude, different like way of life, culture, everything, right? Came to Thailand for two weeks, yeah? And then flew back to Australia, uh, flew into Perth for the return flight, uh, stayed in the airport and flew straight to Sydney. And then I commenced that East Coast, East Coast venture. But I just wanted to link the Australia story to Thailand because I think it was relevant in what you were asking, yeah? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, dude, I went back. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Rama. Uh, listen to this. Uh, 20, 21 grand English. 21 grand English. Uh, it was about 2.4 Australian dollar to the pound. 21 grand English. How long do you think that lasted? I mean, she had 18 grand. I had three. How long do you think that lasted, bro? Part like partying big time. In Australia? Yeah, and, and the journey back, obviously the journey back to Tyra. Dude, I had, a, I had yeah, you know so something I had? I a bag, a couple of bags a day, or like probably a month. You're taking the piss now. That was really disrespectful. I can't believe you did that on Spaces like to me. You thought, you really thought you were going to get away. You really, Gaines, Gaines, fuck, cut this cunt now, will you? Stick <laughs> I think everyone knows I'm joking, mate. But uh, the I know that, I know they are. Australia is very expensive, especially out. Honestly, I would personally, I would much rather get a bag than go out and drink alcohol all night in Australia. We pay fifty six percent tax every single drink, uh, just quietly. Um, okay, anyway. Rama, Rama, can I can I bring something in here? When I came to Australia and I became a proper backpacker when I was living out the van. I learned all about the goon. You know, the go- uh, Rama knows the goon. Uh, the goon is aboriginal. Sleeping bag pillow. Yes, uh, goon. G O O N is aboriginal for pillow, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, it's aboriginal for pillow, and it's the uh, the bag of wine, the five liter bag of wine that everybody. Jesus, dude, that that fucking shit aged me fucking eight years, dude. Did you uh? Did you get the uh, the two liter bottle of orange juice or, or lemonade that goes with it? Dude, do you want to hear the story about when the Aborigine fucking woman, like uh, when I was in Darwin, she jumped in my car, like in the middle of the night, trying to stab me because uh, it was that hot. I had uh, I couldn't have the windows closed and I had the cardboard windows. So my Aborigine woman dove in the middle of the night, tried to stab me. Dude, she stabbed the pillow like about three centimetres away from my head. You have no idea. That... Oh, Rana, I've been, when it comes to your country, son, Rana, I've been fucking dark down under. I've been, you know, yeah, yeah, we're, we're saving We're saving the last story for, for, for the last story part. You, you haven't got to the best story part yet. You, you're not really talking up my country, man. You know, right, you okay. okay. From, uh, the, the best sales, story? The sales of natural resources and, the best uh, story? and tourism. The best <laughs> you just story? Tourism income by about $3 billion, Robbo. The best story, the best story is that I uh, did uh, 36,000 kilometres in my van around Australia, and it is absolutely one of the most spectacular things you can ever do in your life. I've got many opinions on Australia. Uh, The one overriding thing that I used to say is, is like, there's amazing stuff, but there's a lot of shit stuff in between that amazing stuff. You know, whether you talk about uh, Port Douglas and the Daintree Rainforest. I mean, Rama, for me, my Pico 
Australia moment was uh, on the beach, right, up in Port Douglas, right? Uh, sorry, over Port Douglas in the Daintree Rainforest, right? We've got a campfire. Uh, we've got the fire spinners. We've got the music going on. We just came together, some backpackers in our vans. We planned it, right? And then it's like dusk. The sun's still like there. You know, there's some light, but the sun's not visible. It's, it's gone beyond, beyond the horizon, but the light's still there, right, cousins? And then Elvis, the giant cassowary, just fucking mooches onto the beach. I mean, Rama, if you Google Elvis the cassowary, this fucker's famous. Two days before uh, this happened, he gouged uh, the full like thigh out of this uh, mountain bike rider. So if anybody wants to Google me to like fact check me or say I'm talking bullshit because Robo has just got facts for days. So we're catering very close to uh, a topic that's really um it's really emotional for us Australians. Okay, I, I heard you mention cassowary, and that's very close to the E word. Um, a particular war. Uh, we didn't win it. It, just want to make sure that we don't go there, okay? I don't want to cry on spaces. Cassowaries, though, man. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Uh, cassowaries are, are one of the, um, I mean, they're related to dinosaurs. Uh, Steve Irwin, if you go to Steve Irwin Zoo, I've been to Steve Irwin Zoo. By the way, I've met the kids. I've met the wife. I've had a photo with them. I've had a photo with a dancing elephants. Uh, Steve, Shout I mean, Bindi, I, my, my chick. I, oh. I never got to marry her, but still love you, Bindi. Dude, I grew up, I grew up on Steve. Uh, I've been to the exact spot, dude, where he got hit. Like, literally, I've been on that little mountain where the, where the road goes over, and they'll point you and they'll say, that's where Steve died. You can actually go and see it. I mean, that part of the, uh, when you go to Cairns, you hit Cairns, and then Port Douglas is like the next one up, right? Uh, dude, but, you know, the ocean, I mean... Like, you want to run in the ocean and you got that box jellyfish shit going on. Dude, what, what the... What, you know something? What, like, did God do to Australia? Because I'll tell you now, I, I, I lived there for two and a half years. I spent, uh, I spent 13 months in a van out of two and a half years, right? Tra I've travelled the whole thing right up the middle, both coasts, top to bottom. I'll talk to you about Australia like, like, like all day. Why did God do that to you? Everything there wants to fucking kill you, man. I'd went to feed, feed a baby kangaroo that couldn't slap me in the face, dude. What the f I mean, Rama? <laughs> yeah, you know how, um, uh, bit of a sensitive topic, but you know how everyone always talks about how the Russians are like built real tough, right? You bring one of the Russian, you bring a Russian to Australia, and he goes, he calls up his mummy and he wants to return airfares immediately, right? Aussies are built tough, mate. All right. There's a, there's a reason why Alexander, King Alexander Volkanovsky is multi-champion of the UFC, right? And he's not even good at fighting. Imagine if you come up against the real Aussie. You know what I'm saying? Dude, dude, when I, uh, when I robbed the uh, ganja farm, uh, I mean, this is one of the reasons I probably can never come back to Australia, right? Well, when I robbed the... Uh, is this the last story from Australia? Is this no, no, but when, no, but when, I, when you're talking about how tough it is, I mean, uh, a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago in the group chat, I sent the uh, white tail. Remember the white tail bite on Edward, my friend? Yeah, you saw yeah, that picture. White, white, oh. white tail, a white, I think it's white tip spider. A, white a tiny tip. little thing, mate. It's about uh, not even tiny. a centimetre long. Yep. And it melted and melted his flesh like that picture I sent you, right? 
like everything wants to kill you. Dude, I was traveling from uh, when I robbed the ganja farm. I had to do, uh, br- uh, uh, not broom. I had to do Darwin broom two days, right? This was and for, for the meat, for, for me to sell some shit. I had to do Darwin to broom in two days, which is about like 1,890. Someone will have to Google this on the map. It's nearly 2,000 kilometers or something. Uh, I was driving through the night. In Rama, you never drive through the night in Australia on those roads, right? Like, there was like, because uh, kangaroos, the E word, um, wombats, uh, trucks. Yeah. So, anyway, dude, uh, the first night we stopped, right? And it was it was so hot, dude. And I had to sleep in the middle of nowhere with the like uh, the back up of the uh, Ford Falcon. Uh, and dude, I, I, I parked in a place where like there was fucking I don't know a zillion uh, sandflies, and I got bit of you know sandflies rama. If anybody wants to know what sandflies are, please go and Google them. Please don't ever experience this because it will so, ruin your life. Just to give you an idea of what Australia is like, even our flies want to eat you. Okay, so they take nice chunks out of your skin. All right. What are you talking about? Australia's got flies I've never seen before, dude. What the fuck is going on with that horse fly or something? It's not what it is. It's called yeah. a march fly. Dude, I've got a video. What the hell? Did dude, I've got a video. Fuck. Dude, I've got a video of a march fly hitting someone in the head and it fucking nearly knocks them out. I've got a video of march flies because we literally bring them into our army to fight for us. Fuck, they are dudes. These are about uh, an inch and a half long. And if they hit you in the head, you'll have slight concussion for at least 12 hours. These things are fucking... Mate, I went to a, I went to a town once and it said uh, population uh, 20, cows 200, flies 2 billion on the fucking sign. Going into the- <laughs> I have no idea what I walked in on, but it sounds like the stuff of nightmare. Uh, this is just an average day in uh, in Australia, Mr. Legend. This is why I don't go to well, Australia. One, because everything tries to kill me. Two, I am terrified of spiders. And you've got literally from hell, right? Funnel web spiders. Right? First of all, they're aggressive. Funnel webs are friendly, just so you know. No, uh, oh, are they? Are they? Because they're considered the world's most aggressive spider. I have seen a video of a dude who's like, oh, I heard these aren't harmful. And then they're saying like, chases him down rears up well, and they, shows it they things. don't like people who run away from them they just want to give you a big cuddle if you stand tall nope. like it's a bear this is, this is not what we're doing and stand still it'll just like casually crawl up your arm casually crawl up your arm this is this is that's when i leave my body my soul will be like legendarius is dead he is done game over i will unplug whatever happens i died no rama's rama's right though rama's right I, you know uh, Rama, one of the things I learned in Australia was uh, like never, I never put my clothes on without uh, turning them like inside out and shaking them. I learned this very, very early after Edward's bite. And obviously you've got the red backs, etc. in your shoes. But, you know, you leave your work shoes outside. You ban the shit out of their mind, too, don't you? I mean, you don't take any risks in your garden. You keep your grass short. Because I had like inland type ants in my garden. I had a uh, king browns. Uh, I've killed both of those breeds, guys. So go and Google your snakes. King brown. I killed that one with a strimmer. Uh, I've got a photo of them. You are not to be the person who's like, come to Australia, right? This is like, this is why we don't go there. See, 
Like, if this is a typical day, I I can't be dealing with that. Like, if this is a typical day, no. No, I'm going to be paranoid. But dude, dude, there's so much, like, on the other side. Of, I mean, that's part of the excitement. That's part. I don't know. Like, that is that excites me. That gets me out of bed in the morning. That keeps me interested. Is that, like, things are going to be different. You know, I'm going to have to kill a fucking inland type and a deal with a bottle of fly spray because that's all that's available. This shit keeps you like, I mean, Gaines, Gaines, you're, you're in the South. You must get like rattlesnakes and shit, no? I mean, I have rattlesnakes <laughs> and I'm cool with that, right? But I'm not cool with a thousand different types of spiders, right? And oh, no, this is the one that will kill you in 17 minutes. All right, let's go to the hospital. Or oh, this one will kill you in five minutes. Or this one will get its thing stuck in your foot. And you shake it off, you gotta rip that off. I'm already terrified of it. So, like I said, that's, that's well, 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 well. Can I promote? Can I promote Australia here, right? Apart from being like the most beautiful place in the world, like guys, if you go to like somewhere like Esperance or the Whitsundays, I mean, or Byron Bay, like you know, a Snapper Rocks, I mean, Broom, uh, Monkey Maya, uh, Carnarvon. I mean, I mean, dudes. Margaret River, if you want to go and like surf down there, good luck to you. Like Australia is absolutely the the last, I mean, not the last outpost, uh, but if you take away like Antarctica or, you know, the Arctic Circle or whatever, uh, I, I, I don't know, maybe you can probably put Canada in the mix, but probably not as much. Australia, which I don't want to keep talking about, is just magnificent on on and the same as america i mean america's got like insane natural beauty natural attractions but the best thing about australia is the food fucking ram i'll tell you you didn't know how to feed people down there rama you motherfuckers eat some great scram down there brother yeah well when you eat like the last meal like it's your last meal you, you want to be fed well right you never, you literally never know when when you're going to get another feed, uh, both from an agricultural perspective and also you never know. You might just wake up with a, a tie pan in your bed or accidentally step on, uh, you know, red belly black snake. I need to tell people that I am, I am half black. We don't, we don't do that. We we just we just don't do that. That's what I got from my blackness. We don't. When we hear shooting, we're done. And when you got things that can kill you, like, I'm just not having a good time. But I will, <laughs> I will go to New Zealand, though. I'm all about that. You know, Lord of the Rings was filmed here. Great. You only need to worry about Maoris and earthquakes in New Zealand. That is true. I mean, you know, that's, if it's my time to go and I go from an earthquake, that's much better than being viciously attacked by spiders. I'll take an earthquake over spiders any day. That just shows you how... Before Rama... Rama Gaines, Rama Gaines, because uh, before we change the subject, though, I just want to give some shout-outs. Uh, McKenna's listened in. Uh, I can't say enough good words about this fella mind. Like, he, he should have been speaking tonight, right? What a legend. I'll tell you what, if he's listening, I just want him to know that, that I know that he knows that I know he's a legend, right? Uh, and I just want to say, like, Soy, Soy 2, Soy 2's dropped in as well. I'll tell you what, I'm fucking loving his, like, not all, not all of his comments or his tweets or, you know, not all, but we're not here to agree with everything. 
but I'm liking the cut of this boy's jib, you know. Can we, have we got any more? Can I just shout out rack profiles? Have we got any more, no? Right, Gaines, uh, Rama, uh, Robo, Rack's here, Yowster's here. The, the, oh, I tell you, I wish I could talk like him. If you could put Yowster's voice, like, in my brain with English out here, Fuck, that will be a winning ticket, I tell you. Terra uh, Spaces, Finn, he's going to give me loads of shit about the volume. Shout out, Triggy. Marty, intern. Ah, he's he, again, he's got a new intern. Marty, or what? What's crap, bro? Got a new intern? Yes, sir. Marty, Marty's uh, super, super happy about that. And you're off to Cosmoverse, yeah? Yes, yes. But, you know, I still have a few questions for you, Robo. Um, when did you end like your backpacking journey in Australia and uh, what happened when you got to Thailand? How was that? Ah, good question. Uh, so like I said, I went to Australia in uh, April of 2007. I did two and a half years there. Uh, it was great. Uh, however, I think what's, what's kind of important as well is I know I said I came back to Thailand for a two-week holiday. Uh, after the two-week holiday, I went back to Australia and I was skinned. So the, the money that we had, like the 21 grand, uh, lasted like four months, just over four months, right? Four and a half months or something. So I had to go to work and it was a pisser, guys. Like, it's the hardest. Like, I, can, I can't tell you what fruit work or farm work is like. It's fucking so hard, man. Literally getting out of bed at like 3.30 in the morning, man. Be on the van by 4.30, travel for one hour. Then you have to get in the ute. Then you have to drive to the other side of the orchard to like be ready for six. To, I mean, it's a fucking killer. Anyway, after the first stint of uh, farm work uh, in Australia, in November, it was late November of 2007, I came back to Thailand. <laughs> I'd had enough. I'd, I mean, I mean, we'd saved ridiculous money. Yeah, Rama might tell you, like the, the minimum wage in Australia then was ridiculous. The missus was like twenty dollars an hour. I was on piecework. Uh, I was making cash and not having to like worry about accommodation or whatever. I was making cash like two forty uh, to three sixty dollars per day on the piecework, on like oranges and lemons, like filling the bins, yeah, 350 kilo bins, filling them up with like fucking satsumas and shit, nectarines. Uh, I made that much money in like that period of time, that like four and a half months or whatever it was. I made enough fucking money to uh, basically just come back to Australia for Christmas and New Year. Uh, sorry, come back to Australia, come back to Thailand for like New Year, and I had some problems with the visa and I had to stay here in the end. It was, that's a different story. I did this like bit of time, like back here in Thailand, where I lived on Koh Samui. Uh, got a beautiful bungalow, got a Jeep. Uh, me and the missus, it was costing us, right? Bear in mind, we're coming from Australia, expensive as fuck. Came to Thailand and it's costing us like a hundred baht to make a chicken dinner for each other in the house, like a night, like a, a Sunday dinner, chicken dinner. It cost us like a hundred baht. Uh, just for anybody that might know the crack back then, back then it was like uh, 30 baht uh, for a bottle of uh, Leo or Chang or whatever. So that was like well less than a dollar or something like that. But we came back to Thailand after that little two-week holiday and we fucking lived it. 
we just got a jeep, we drove around some movie, we went bodyboarding every day, we had the fuck, fucking fireworks on the beach and kite surfing, and we had the, gr- I had the greatest time of my life in that little period. But then when Australia approved the uh, second year uh, visa, so you only get the first year for fruit picking, I had to qualify for the second year, but I, I made a fucking big mistake, like a gonk, didn't read properly, and I, I applied onshore, and then I left, and I fucking came offshore, and you can't do that. If you apply onshore, you need to be in person to get the visa. If you're offshore, then they'll send it to you. So I fucked up there. Like uh, Anyway, I went back, and I did, like, when we went back, come back from Thailand, we were like, fuck this. Like, we want to get back to Asia, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam. Uh, Thailand, uh, Mal- uh, sorry, Malaysia, Indonesia. We were meeting people on the backpacking trail that were like saying, oh, have you been to Laos? Have you been to Cambodia? And I was like, nah, shit. Uh, I do apologize. I had been to Malaysia, guys, and Singapore. I do have to put that in. And the traveling between like Thailand, Australia had slipped a little bit of time in with uh, Malaysia, a couple of places, and Singapore. Uh, but we were, like, speaking to these people, like, oh, have you been there? Have you been? And we're like, no. And they're like, oh, we've been there, we've been there. Look at the photos. I'm like, fuck. Got to do Asia. Got, so, like, finishing Australia, I went back to Australia after the uh, few months in Thailand. Once I got the visa, we went back. We were like, right, buy a vehicle. Let's fucking do it. Let's go. And then actually, after you've finished your fruit picking visa, uh, you can get a, another three-month extension. And it worked out quite well for me because I was like actually in Thailand, so my visas weren't consecutive. I had a bit of time between the Australian visas. And then you've got a three-month like extension you can get at the end to finish your holiday. So I was lucky, Rama, to get like two and a half, pretty much on the money, two and a half years in Australia then we'd saved up like so much money we were like fuck it let's go to asia let's just fucking go let's let's take it on bro and that's when i came over here and did like laos cambodia vietnam malaysia indonesia bit of the philippines and then when i was doing that shit i did some charity work i enjoyed it uh, i did some uh, teaching so i taught in flores which is an island in indonesia uh, the next island to Sumbawa, if I remember correctly. If I remember Indonesia, it's uh, Sumatra, uh, Java, Bali, uh, Lombok, Sumbawa, then Flores. After after Komodo and Rink, uh, yeah, after Komodo, you know, Komodo dragons. After that, those two islands, you've got Flores, where they, fir- they found the hobbits. If you look, if you Google this shit, you'll find they found the hobbits on uh, Flores. I always wanted to go there. I taught at a convent. That was my first experience of teaching uh, games. Was in a convent on Flores, like a Christian convent, because Indonesia they've got like different religions for different islands. Flores is quite like you know quite Christian, and I taught at a little convent there, and I got into teaching, and that's what propelled me to want to be out here full time as a teacher. I don't know, again, so again, am I talking shit, bro? Legendary uh, Rama, you'll have to answer me. Um, you've been, I just you've been everywhere, quick, dude. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Robo, do you, I know you said you were the father of some dogs. Do you want to adopt a biracial son? I'm already, like, out in the world. You already have grandkids if you adopt me, so that's cool. Uh, you know, I just I just never had a father growing up. It, you're just such an instant. Do you have rabies? I do not have rabies. Um, I've had all my shots. 
Are we good? There's a chance for you. Dogs, dogs are something like I mean, I, this tweet. Uh, I tweeted this a long time ago, um, last year, right? When I when I got a few followers, and I was like, look, if you see me tweeting about dogs, this is fucking why, because Robo's dog story is something that, like, to this day, until the day I die, I'll never get over. And that's why I need them around as comfort, right? And I mentioned this earlier about Brandy. When I was a kid, I mean, when I was born, uh, there was a couple of dogs. Uh, this was when I was a kid that already had the dogs, right? Uh, and, and they died, obviously. And when I was really, really young, I was an only child. And my parents got me a puppy, right? When I was really, really young, yeah? And Brandy, uh, she was half-half, uh, right? She was like a Heinz, not a Heinz, 57 variety, but she was a half-half. Uh, she was like a, a short-haired uh, uh, collie, right? She was like a short-haired collie, yeah? Uh, Brandy and I, like, grew up together. We were together for so long, man. Uh, even after my younger brother was born. Like, my younger brother was born uh, when I was nine and a half, right? So there's nearly... 10 years between, I've only got one brother, nearly 10 years between us. But I had Brandy from like such an early age. And I, I've tweeted this out. This is actually out there, like if, if people want to look, right? Uh, I was out walking the dog, normal kid, young, blah, blah, blah. And then the bullies, the neighborhood bullies. And I've, I've never talked about Robo getting bullied because that's, if you want to listen to the bullying story, if you want to listen to that, like what Robo had to go through with bullies, it'll fucking make you protect your kids that you wouldn't believe. Anyway, back to the story. The bullies uh, had some fart spray. I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about. Like fart spray, you get this like spray and it's like the fucking worst, eggy, disgusting smell you can ever imagine. Uh, I was walking the dog around the neighborhood, like the cul-de-sac, and uh, these kids just like ran at me and fucking pinned me, like spraying me in the face with this fart spray. Yeah, I'm like, fuck, young kid, I don't know. I didn't even know how old I was then, seven, eight years old or something. Uh, I don't know, now I would have been nine. I would have been nine years old, a bit older, right? And basically my dog attacked like one of the kids and bit him, the brother bit him on the ankle. Uh, where like your Achilles tendon like bit him down and he ended up in hospital and what happened was basically this guy right the father of this other kid the bully's kid like the bully's father he came to my house like praying on the windows and the door like smacking in like going berserk but, you know they had to phone the ambulance and blah 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 and uh, what happened was my parents fucking buckled like pussies like now, when I look back and I've talked to them, I've, I've like I've looked my parents in the face and said, "On this day, at this moment, what a bunch of fucking pussies you two were, man." I've actually said this to their face, like, and you shouldn't talk to your parents like that unless you're me. Uh, basically, they, they give me some like bullshit story that me my dog had been taken to a place called Fox Pond. So people should be there. Google this. Uh, it should be still there. Fox. F-O-X, Fox Pond. I don't know if it's still there. Uh, which was like this caravan slash like dog sanctuary place for, for dogs that were misbehaved or whatever. It's in there. Washington, yeah, in, in northeast England. I don't know if it's still there, but it used to be there, right? 
basically, right, what my parents did was they fucking put my dog down, but then told me that it went off to like some beautiful like retirement home. And then when I was older, I found out that it hadn't been and that they put the cunt down. And I was fucking livid and I've never like, and that's why these dogs, my dogs, all of them since that day, all of them I've had in my life, they're all the most precious thing that I have had because I never got to end, like I never got to see Brandy through, uh, she was a girl, uh, and she, a girl and she fucking stood up for me, right? I've never been able to get like past this. It's, it's, it's bugged me all my fucking life that they did this. And I've told them to their face, this is no secret. I post on Facebook and I said, I'm fucking disgusted like this, right? And that's probably why they don't really talk to me that much. Uh, but never mind, you know, you have a fucking childhood friend. It's all you've known for years and years and years. Like, how long? Fuck, six, six, seven years, probably. Six, seven years old, had a sense of puppy, sleep with me. She defends me when people are attacking me. My parents get up or down. So, yeah, I'm going to fucking raise dogs, and they're going to be big, bad, angry fuckers that no one will put down. That's where Robbo's dog story comes from, mind. So, you want to adopt me? Tomorrow. <laughs> oh, Thank my you, goodness. Papa. Wow, Robo. That, it is true, though, like, like our past experiences in life kind of shape our future. And now I see why you're so attached to those pups. Well, well, Gaines, I think this is very, very important too for everybody to understand. And this is what Rama was trying to get across earlier when he introduced like a bit of his story, right? We can't deny the past and its implications on, on what's happened since. I have only found peace in my life over the last, I would say over the last like, five to six years where I've got to the point where I've went, yeah, that fucked me up in that manner for that reason. And I think it's very, very, and this is the only way I've been able to become a great educator because I'm able to spot and certain kids have got like certain issues that are going to be certain, you know, certain problems for them further down the line. And you need to mitigate that very, very early. Like if you sense a problem in a kid, you need to be all over it very quickly and you can mitigate it. But I think it's, it's ridiculous to say like, Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm this person now who I am. Right. And the, the past has like no reflection or implication on who I am. No, no. I think we are only, the people we are today because of those things we've been through. Those things that I've been through have made me this, like, and Gaines, I've got a nice hard bro. If you meet me, mind, and uh, you can ask in city or diggy, mind. Dude, I am, um, when, I, when I speak to you, when I meet you, I'm just the nicest guy, like, dude. Like, I've got a lot of time. I want to hear your stories. I want to ask you questions. I want to know who you are. I don't care about the pretenses. I don't care about the troubles you've been through. We've fucking all been through some shit at some time. But denying it is, is bullshit. Using it to enhance you is the key. Now, when we have the dog story, when we have the dog story, I own. Let's not fucking mess around here, mate. We're not just talking about your, your, your fucking Jack Russell. I own, uh, I mean, outside of Thailand, uh, one of the rarest breeds on the planet. But I don't just own one of the rarest breeds on the planet. I own one of the best specimens of the breed on the planet. 
and he's the third generation. It took me a little bit of time to get to Winston, and he's fucking here now. And I'll tell you what, dude. Oh, I'm I'm going to take him to the airport to meet Dicky for a fucking laugh. That's awesome. But as you were saying, yeah, I see this a lot of times with clients. Is they try to deny their past, and so. You know, in Jungian psychology, Carl Jung would call this, you know, this your shadow. It's the parts of yourself that you're not able to love or that you don't love yet. And then you have your golden shadow, which is of the opposite side, which is you firing on all cylinders, living your best life. So sh- the shadow is normally through insecurity and embarrassment. We're afraid people are going to use it against us, so we try to hide it away. And we have this facade. And then with the golden shadow, it's we're afraid to shine too brightly with our friend group because we don't want to outshine them. We don't want to be seen as an outcast, right? So we kind of deny that part of ourselves as well. So when that happens, we're fragmented. We're not who we're supposed to be. We're not able to be fully ourselves because we're trying to appease others. And when we appease others, we deny ourselves, which leads to our unhappiness. So I'll tell people all the time, you can either live for your happiness or you can live for the happiness of others, but you can't live for both. Fear, fear is is the worst thing that you can possibly have in your life. Uh, the doctor said to me when I had to learn to talk again, the doctor was like, it's the fear that you would never talk again or you'll not talk again. That's stopping you from actually doing it. And I, I mean, I've been to a couple of shrinks, but it's it's that kind of mindset, yeah? Yeah, and actually I'm just reading another book on it that stops you from doing that. But also, for us guys in here, erectile dysfunction, right? It's the fear of not being able to perform, which doesn't allow you to perform because when that happens, your body releases adrenaline. And adrenaline is bad for your erection, guys, right? So if you're trying to get it up, don't worry about not getting it up because then you definitely won't get it up. But it's really, you know, you see all these different aspects of our lives. We don't ask the girl out for fear of rejection. We don't go for the job for fear of rejection. We don't do these things. So we live our life in a state of fear. And when we do that, we give fear that much more power. Right, Vishen Lakiani has this term called unfuckwittable. It's when you get into a state of self-love and self-understanding that what other people say to you or about you doesn't add or doesn't take away. They give you a good job for your presentation. You're like, awesome, thank you. And you go on with your day. You don't sit there thinking about, oh my gosh, my presentation was so good. They loved it. Or someone says, hey, you know, Robo, you suck at this, right? You know, Robo's not going to sit there and be like, oh man, this person thinks I suck on this. Like I suck and I can't do this, right? It's the beauty of knowing who you are, and that's what attracts people because you are so in line, you're so integrated, you're so authentically you that that is rare, right? It attracts people. And so that really is the beauty. So understanding that fear is your amygdala trying to keep you safe, right? It is your brain trying to keep you to survive, but you can't be in survival mode and also flourish, right? You got to pick one. Either I'm in survival mode, I'm going to do the bare minimum, or I'm going to be in flourishing mode and I'm going to go for the excellence. Understanding your capability limitations is crucial to your acceptance of who you are. I mean, that's the key to yourself, I think, is I don't know, you know, something uh, from from the age, like I said, they said the age of eight, this self-realization. And it doesn't happen like all at once. It, it takes time. You know, it takes this like period of like, OK, you go through this and then you learn this and then. That changes the way you think about that. I mean, it's a, it's a very weird one. Uh, not a ramble, not a ramble, though. Gains, uh, we have to be careful not to ramble because Robo can ramble all night, son. Uh, I, know, I know you want to tell me, uh, 
I don't know if I answered Rama's question. Hopefully, I did. Uh, about the, about the movements, about the uh, transitions, the traveling. No, no, you're doing uh, a good job, bro. Don't don't worry about that. You're good, bro. Um, you know, you can kind of touch on how all of this, you know, got you to the the crypto space, if if you don't mind. Well, that was my. I had a I had a path of questioning little gains. So we had the Australia adventure, moved to Thailand. I didn't quite get the story about how he exited Australia, which was the last story, but I'm happy to let that slide, Robbo. That's all right. You're in Well, that, that's, mate, there's still a hundred, from what I hear, there's still a hundred K like a uh, hit on me. Like, so we need to probably like, yeah, avoid that one. That's, that's, that's fair. That's, doesn't sound like enough if you ask me. Um, <laughs> Your uh, your rack portfolio is about that much at the moment. They're, they're not putting a big bid on you. Um, you're a proper, you're a right cunt, man. Honestly, fuck who, who invited fucking the Gestapo here? Jesus Christ! <laughs> I told Gaines, I was like, this is the only chance I can actually get into you because you're normally the host. So, uh, so you're in Thailand, right? You, you finally make the move out of big, scary, lovely Australia, and uh, you land in Thailand. You, you've got a couple of grand to your name and you hear about P2E Metaverse. What happens next? No, no, mate, I've been in Thailand for like how long? Nearly 10 years or something before. I mean, it's a, uh, we're talking, I mean, I was talking, I was in Australia for two and a half years, like 2007 to, you know, the end of 2009, right? Uh, then I came to Asia. Then I did all the backpacking shit. And, you know, Lao Cambodia. Uh, I did some, like, proper hardcore... Uh, I've got full, like, video logs and photos, whatever. I did some, like, hardcore, like, 13 months traveling around Asia. Uh, taught in Flores, like I said. And then it was time to go home. You know, the money was drying up. I need to go back. I need to be a responsible citizen again. It was, it was time. And... Uh, you know, my, my Falang misses, you know, the relationship was there after all our backpack and the relationship was coming to an end. So now I went back to England uh, right at the end, uh, oh, when was it? 2010. Uh, did a, a bit of study in Line Dickey, became a teacher. I moved out to Thailand uh, July 20, uh, 2012 because I've just celebrated last month. I've just, uh, sorry, not last month. Last month was August, 1st of September. Uh, July, I've just celebrated 10 years in Thailand, dude. I moved to Thailand as a teacher in 2012. And if you want to, like, connect the crypto or whatever, uh, so I went home, got qualified, came to Thailand. And uh, funny enough, guys, this is really weird. I was working at a language center, which was like, it's a, one of the top language centers here in Bangkok, right? There's a long story behind it. It's uh, part of Chulalongkorn. So like anyone in Thailand knows Chulalongkorn University, top university in Thailand. It was part of their continuing education center. So like if your kid was in like a primary school or whatever, you'd send your kid to our language school because it was part of like Chula. We had the uh, assistant professor of uh, linguistics uh, as our like uh, director. You know, it was a side hustle for her. Just like, she'd ask the uni, can I do this, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I, I got in very, very early in Thailand. Very quickly, I got integrated with like a group of very, very like clever, well-experienced teachers who taught me a lot, yeah? 2013, some guys like, uh, oh, fucking this Bitcoin shit. 
And he was the only one in the office. And all of us are just like listening and it's like, whatever. This is like the 2013 uh, bull. And all of us are just like, blah, blah, blah. Then it crashed. And, and, you know, it was all over the news. And then there was a scam, like Mount Gox-esque, you know, what happened there, right? I mean, the fucking name of crypto back in 2013 was dirt. Someone like me, logically, ethically, that can think about shit at a higher level, that's willing to, like, you know, procrastinate on issues for quite a period of time. Someone like me is looking at, like, Bitcoin in 2013, like, fuck off. Yeah, because I thought it was a scam. The funny thing is, it all went quiet. I didn't even hear fucking anything about, like, crypto again. And then... Uh, two of the teachers in this school I'm talking about, in this language school, yeah, still work, and they're five, five and a half years, nearly, nearly six years I was there, uh, 20, 2013, February, to when I talked about, where I left in February, when I quit all teaching, I, I quit teaching kids like four years ago, uh, however, four and a half years ago, however, like 2017, 2018, a couple of teachers in this uh, little language school, our part-time gig, started talking about Bitcoin, and Adrian, uh, one of the guys, he fucking went in big. And I remember when he, like, fucking lost it all, lost his shirt. And I just put crypto, like, on the back burner. You know, I'd, I'd had that incident in 2013 where it was actively talked about in conversation that I was engaged in. We went out after work, we had some pints, kids talking about it. Fuck that scam, Ponzi, blah, blah, blah. 2018. There's a couple of kids talking about it, and, and it's blah, blah, blah. It's big news again. And we got the crash, and I'm like, I oh, fuck off, whatever. And then COVID came, and I lost my job overnight. And me, my company were like, we don't know like, when we'll be able to like, pay you again. Like, like, you're on your own. I mean, I'm in a foreign country. My crypto story is just I'm in a foreign country with no social support, no, like, family support. I'm basically on my own. You know, if I, I mean, the wife is great about it, but I'm going to come on my Thai wife and say, you need to support me now because, darling, because I haven't got a job. I took half the liquidity I had, which was about, uh, at the time, about the liquidity, obviously, which was about 125,000 baht or whatever. I, I, I invested there, uh, 47,000 baht. Basically, when, when uh, COVID hit, and it hit me bad, and I tried to like, like work my way out of COVID, like part-time, uh, speaking to some families I know, like, you know, I, I tried to do what I could, but uh, I couldn't pay the fucking mortgage. Like, I only got into crypto from absolute necessity. I mean, there was no other option. I didn't have, an, I couldn't go and play the stock market. The stock market's a fucking bummer here. I have to send money back to England to invest in fucking the TSE, right? If I want to get in a block foundry, like I have been building a position for a long time. I need to send money back to England. I had no choice, man, dudes. A foreign country on my fucking own. Overnight, no job. The world's closed down. We're all fucked. Winston's five months old. What are you going to do, Rama? What are you going to do, Gaines? Come out fighting or what? I had no fucking choice, bro. Sounds like you've been fighting for your life, mate. So you were, uh, you were primed for success. I, uh, I had no doubt you would uh, come out the other side of it, mate.
Not until I not until I groomed you, you little fucking gonk. <laughs> it's not very nice to say to the co-host, mate. You want to? Uh, <laughs> there, right, mate? I'll tell you what. I'll I'll go I'll go up in my bedroom and I'll get that shoebox out from underneath the bed and I'll fucking give you a wedgie. Yeah. I'll tell you what for everybody listening. I love Rama. I love him a bit. We've got some absolute history. He's an absolute little ledge. I'll tell you what, put some respect on that name. And Gaines as well, because I'll tell you what, I've spoken him in the DMs at length. And I'll tell you what, Cosmos Spaces are lucky to have this kid on board because fucking Gaines is absolutely on the money. They're one of the nicest people. I'll tell you now, man. I know, I know people like Jacob are fucking bombastic and like, in Thailand, we say Banya On, right? That's a name. Man, I could talk to these people all day. Gaines, Rama, obviously legendary, jumped in. Uh, Rack, Raxin, fucking Mol, I tell you what, Mullen Zab will be listening into this. Yowster, what a nice guy, right? Marty, jumping in the community, what a nice guy. Paris Bases, recording all this shit for us. 360, big brain material. Fucking Mayor, he's always got a question. Always Mayor, always wants to speak up, right? Rakenna's listening in. Down in Timbuktu, fucking drilling for fucking the Crystal Skull or some shit. I mean, Bobby Justice has just jumped in. Oh, Bobby, I hope Seamus is all right, son. I hope the dog's okay, right? I just want to send the love to the people that are, like, out there. Madman's in here. There's loads of years, man. Don't this... Is the change spaces like this? This is the change where continent to continent, time zone to time zone, like personality to personality, right? And, and it's not about crypto, it's about like just with just fucking nice people, nah? Apart from Rama, I mean, he's a cunt, but uh, you, you, you get what I mean, nah? But well, that's just given being an Aussie, so thanks for the compliment, Robo. Appreciate it, mate. You fucking jailbird, all he is, aren't you? I tell you, you all, you all came from the prison ships. <laughs> Rama, Rama, I come from the biggest prison on earth. That's why I'll never go back. I, 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 guys, I'm telling you now, and this is really difficult to say this to me, if I was rich enough to be non-dom now and not have a British passport, where I can get a, I can get a passport for like Montenegro or somewhere for fuck all. Or, there's a few places where I can get a passport for fuck all, right? I, I, I do, I do not, I do not want to fucking touch English soil again until that bitch is gone and a whole lot of them are gone. I'm sick of it. I want England to be a constitutional republic. I want, I want Sunderland to have like fucking two senators in the Senate. Gaines, I love you, dudes. I love the political system. You just need to fucking sort it out because it's a bit fucked up, dude, at the minute. It's a bit fucking skew with, bro. Oh my goodness, this, this has been Gaines. incredible space. <laughs> I like Gaines. how Bobo's complaining about the Queen. I literally haven't seen the bitch in my entire life and uh, still still going to listen to her, right? It's, uh, so, when, so when, when, uh, when referendum for Australia, you know what I mean? Lift us from the, this oppression that we've been under since we were founded. Fuck her. Fuck her and fuck her pedo kids and, and fuck Mountbatten. The pedo. I mean, I've I've tweeted about this like many times, like uh, institutional paedophilia and the British royal family and the British government, like wherever. Anyway, 
Go and read. Go and read spotlightonabuse.org. Don't talk to me because I shouldn't have this conversation. We need to direct it. But fuck the Queen. And I used to love her. My grandmother brought me up to love the Queen. It's only in that, like, the last, like, six, seven, eight years when I've realised that, like, you know, if you watch uh, Game of Thrones, you've got, like, the Mother of Dragons. And if you watch, like, Game of the fucking British Royal Family, you've got, like, Mother of Pedos. You know? Oh, fellas, I, I, can't, I can't go there. We shouldn't have this conversation. Uh, games. I mean, it's not political, this, but, uh, dude, I love your political system if it was working. You've got some mad shit going on right now. I saw yesterday the FBI. There's a fucking civil war in the FBI right now. They're, like, 50% are happy, you know, because they're on fucking Hillary's side, but 50% are foaming over what's happened. Has there been a lot of press about the, uh, the feds or what? What's happening? Yeah, I'm honestly not not a whole lot into all the politics. Um, I prefer not to like get into it right now, I'm, especially on the space. But um, yeah, sorry, dude. Sorry, dude. Oh, you're sorry, dude. Good. You're totally fine. So, Robert, we'll we'll, uh, we'll get on to crypto. So, you you started investing in crypto, right? And uh, I I want to talk about when I kind of met you a little bit here. It was uh, it was about this time, maybe a month or two before now. Uh, a year ago, so let's say late July, early August. Uh, no, no, late July, late to mid July, something like that. Is a month time frame. I can't remember. About a year ago, it was uh, it was around the metaverse playtime. What uh, was that just a play because of uh, how you had to kind of make make ends meet and survive? And that was you know, Peewee metaverse was was the deal because there was some legit good actual like P2E metaverse games that were coming out then we went across the tech or was it a, a survival thing where you're like this is the shit that i'm gonna research and invest in because it's the newest greatest thing and uh this is how i need to survive i was i was actually lucky uh my wife and i because you you gotta think uh, my wife was actually the one that instig- instigated me to uh, like take the step. So what happened was after COVID, and I was like fucked, you know, no job at home every day, right, with like the family, all five dogs here. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, I need to do something. And so like I was, you know, researching and blah, 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 right? And I, I saw the, like, the crypto hit that it took. But then I was also like looking online and RSS feeds and stuff. And like the amount of traction I was getting. So I started like, like I just was a pure noob after COVID. Knew nothing, man, about blockchain. Started looking like proof of work versus proof of stake. I, I said this to you, I was on the space a long time ago. Uh, I started like looking into like how it works and kind of like absorbed myself into trying. I mean, it was like seven months, Rama, after COVID. I think, I think I, yeah. I think I didn't invest drama first until after the election. After after the election, there was a hit, and that dip, I saw the opportunity to like like take a plunge. But for seven months leading up to that dip, I've just been kind of like looking, uh, researching uh, on CT a lot more because I was never on Twitter for anything like that. You know, I started following some people. Oh, well, what's this? What's it? You know, you hear about that. 
hear about, oh, what's a DAO? Like, like, you know, what's an NFT? And I kind of like, in that seven months, I kind of give myself a foundation. And then when the election hit in 2020, yeah, November, I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. And I remember like plunging like money into uh, Adar, XRP. Uh, I made some like decent moves. Not long after that, I, I remember like Matic. I mean, I'm getting Matic at seven cents and then 10, loading up at 10 cents was a fucking gangster move. Uh, but I was following like a couple of people, got into some protocols, found Atom simply by accident. Uh, it, because the, the only reason I ever found Atom is I transferred a 5K of S from uh, my uh, Thai account, my Thai sex, to Binance, thinking I was a clever cunt, and like lost nearly uh, 10% in the transfer. And that, that's the story I told Yowster uh, back when we did the mint of spaces, like back in like March, I think it was the end of March. Like I lost nearly 10% and I was like foaming. Fucking so angry. This is not the crypto I've been promised. This is not the fucking, you know. I mean, I thought crypto was supposed to be fucking cheap. Yeah. PayPal fees weren't like that in, in those days. Yeah. Uh, and then I started like actually realizing like how shit works and like, you know, paying attention to fucking transfer fees and moving money around. Cause I think the trans, I think the movement of money is far underrated for crypto noobs. The first thing that you need to learn is how money can move around, what's available in your jurisdiction, you know, what, what facilities you have to on ramp and off ramp, et cetera, et cetera. Dude, I found Adam just like purely by mistake. It was like, I looked at like what it was going to be to transfer. And I was like, what? It's like fucking 1.4 fucking cents or something, whatever it was. And I was just like, what? And I remember like just buying 10 Adam like straight off the bounce then. And then I remember not long after, like, buying, like, a lot more, Adam. I made, I made a killing dude on, uh, you know, Avalanche. You know, Avalanche, uh, Rama. Like, last February, we had a, a mm -hmm. boost Avalanche. $19 to, like, 51 <gasps> Robo aped it at, like, 19 and fucking exited at the top. And uh, I did a 3X on XRP on the February pump. Like, I was really lucky to, to buy what I did. And I put the profits in link, uh, dot. I sold the top uh, to pay the rent, pay the mortgage. Uh, I sold the top of like Lincoln Dot. Like I made my crypto start or whatever was like not lucky. It wasn't whatever. It was just like necessity. And then a series of like random events that like, you know, I didn't take the leap of faith until the wife said like, oh, I've just bought a hundred grand, like a uh, hundred thousand baht of crypto. Uh, her mate. I just made 110,000 baht, like, overnight, flipping a fucking coin, right? I remember the missus, like, buying Doge when it was... I mean, obviously, Rami, you know the story. You know the missus has got a house now, yeah? You know the fucking house is bought and paid for, right? All that's crypto, dude. All that's the early day of the crypto. The missus aped in fucking B&B, mate, at $50, man. Shipped the top of fucking 600, mate. Between us, we bought her house where she is now. Is that any information for your next question? No, that's it, mate. That's that's good for me. And uh, that would have been that was before uh, P2E metaverse, right? So then, like the next kind of phase was well uh, before. P2E. Yeah, well before. So me, yeah. me, I got hit on a few things. I had a, a couple of dark wallets. 
uh, and I, I did take a hit in me after things were going so well. She took a hit in me as well, right? And I took five weeks off. I took I took a solid five weeks off, right? After that hit, because uh, because I what people might not realise here is I made a load of money, a load of money when the uh, Chinese mine flooded between uh, arbitrage on ETC. ETC back in the day was one of my best ever players. Fucking buying the short squeeze at the beginning of February at eight dollars. Fucking. Hey, I only managed to ship like uh, five of them because I only sent five as a test at the Qcoin before Qcoin changed the uh, validation process and made like made it like like fucking what was it like twelve hours for your fucking money to be deposited TC to be deposited on Q when it hit that all time high. I was like very very lucky, right? But ETC uh, end of April, the right at the end of April, the Chinese mine flooded and obviously like the hash rate just fucking disappeared that day. And there was loads of orders in the book. And uh, I'd never even, like, known Arb or anything about this at the time. I was, like, really lucky, like, right before crypto plummeted, like, fuck, to have made some, like, nice, decent money uh, on ATC. I cashed out. I was really lucky, but I did take a hit on the dark wallet. So, like, I lost a lot, quite a bit of money. Uh, I mean, not, not lost a bit of money. It's still sitting there. But uh, Injective Protocol, uh, Orion, Syscoin, uh, I lost a bit of money, right? And I don't know, I had fucking burnout. I'd been, like, right into crypto, ignore my wife, on the fucking three, four laptops, on the tablets, ignoring the wife for four, four months, whatever like that. We got hit. And I just, like, fuck it, I'm having some time out. And I, I took some time out, and what I did is I stayed away primarily from, like, CT. And just did a bit of research, uh, learned the stuff that I didn't know at the time because I was still like a noob, right? And the day that I came back to CT, uh, begin, right at the beginning of July, so this is like the end of May, I took a break. I took a break for June. I came back at the beginning of July. And when I logged on, it was a Sunday morning, right? And I just remember, like, I logged on. I was like, right, I want to get back into trading. I want to do this shit. Like, let's go. Let's see what happens. You know, I, I believed in the triple top uh, narrative for such a long time, right? And I was like, fuck it. And I'll tell you something, guys. Uh, Vivian, right? Uh, you know I'm talking about, right? Blockchain baby. I mean, she was at 3,000 followers at this time, right? 3K, yeah? She's got 100 and odd now, whatever. She was at 3K. Uh, I mean, I was at like 120, 130 bullshit numbers, like whatever. Like I never, I never use fucking Twitter, man. And I like, I click back in, blah, blah, blah. There's the Axie drop. I mean, uh, the first buy that I got in at Axie before the fucking boost was uh, $8. And this is in a tweet. I, I, I'll, I'll have to share them. I'm too busy talking to like Gaines and Robert to go back and, and put stuff in the nest, right? Uh my first buy-in was at eight. My second buy-in was at sixteen. I did extremely well. I sold the first. I sold the first batch off at like forty-eight. I wrote that up, but I did sell too early. I mean, if I just held everything, I mean, I had quite a lot of Axie at the time. If I'd held it to the top, whatever it was, hundred and hundred and twenty-eight, hundred and thirty, hundred and forty, or whatever the Axie top was, if I'd held it, then it's gonna fucking give up then. But yeah, don't you ask me about P2E, whatever. 
It's the blockchain baby call of Axie on that day at $8 at the beginning of July. That's where it started. I made a lot of money, and I immediately switched my attention over to P2E. And then it just spiraled me. I kind of like, I don't know. I rode the wave before Zuckerberg fucking. I did all right on P2E, dude. Like, I mean... What you tweet and what you do in real life is is two different conversations, Raman. Or oh, I, I don't know where you want to go with this question. No, 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 no that's fine with me. As uh, I'm glad you brought up uh, blockchain because uh, I I followed her randomly, and then um, that's how I like met you. Was like I saw you reply to her on uh, like a P2E metaverse uh, coin or something, and I was like, "Who's this guy?" And uh, clicked on your profile and. Uh, I think I was just like watching for a bit and I saw like a bunch of the stuff, like a bunch of the edgy shit that you'd always post. Uh, and I was like, Oh, I was, I was like tempted a few times to just unfollow. And then I was like, no, no, like it's, it's fine. Like, uh, you know, might, might learn something or, uh, dude, it could be, some, dude, it could be some value here. Dude, that actually call changed my life. And, and, and some of it for the like positive and some of it for the negative, because, on the negative side, it probably cost me my marriage. Uh, on the positive side, I mean, you know, I'm doing what I do today. Uh, I'm part of the Rack fam. I, I don't work for them, but, like, you know, I'm kind of like their unofficial, like, unofficial, official, unofficial dude. I'm just having so much fun. I mean, I've, Rama right now, and Gaines, I said this to you the other day, Gaines, I've never had as much fun is what I'm having right now with crypto, with rack and the shit posting and the art comp and the group chat and, you know, seeing the kids in the Discord, watching Gaines' tap names. I mean, dudes, you know, a year, a year and one month ago, or a year, sorry, a year and two months ago, I would never believe, never, ever believe that I would be sitting here in this position having this conversation with this many cool motherfuckers, like hive brain, men- hive brain mentality, right? It's, uh, I don't know, mate. It, it, like it's, it's, I'm, I'm going through an epiphany right now. And I don't know whether it's an epiphany in my life, whether it's an epiphany in just my cri- crypto life, right? Well, like crypto cost me everything. And now I seem to be getting back like tenfold. Like I have a purpose. I have a calling. I'm meant, I am meant to be Rack, and Rack knows this, dude, and uh, I couldn't be fucking happier right now, dude. Couldn't be happy again. Wow. Wow, Robo. That's, uh, that's a really nice, basically, like, uh, uh, way to end, end the space, unless if, um, if anybody else has any questions. Actually, you know what? I do have a question from uh, Homestead. He's, he's asking, he's wondering if... Uh, what other languages uh, do you speak? That's a secret because that costs a lot of money, dude. <laughs> That's a secret because I co- you heard you heard me talking. No, I'm only joking. You heard me talking about my grandmother and the seven languages earlier, yeah. <laughs> that was no joke. That was no joke. Uh, my grandmother used to work for Notriani's, uh, one of the most uh, famous ice cream makers, like out of Italy. I mean, they, they made ice cream back in, like, the 30s. I mean, you're talking pre-World War II, yeah? Uh, I think my grandmother was born in 1917. Yeah, my grandmother was born in 19... Oh, no, sorry, 1915. Uh, 
when she was 11 years old, uh, she found her father dead with his uh, head in the gas oven, right? He'd killed himself, yeah. Uh, my great-grandfather killed himself. Uh, she had a break in the house through the upstairs window, so she was the one that found him. Uh, she, the mother, her mother, like my great-grandma, she fucking went insane when he killed himself. So basically from uh, like 14 years old, my grandmother was raising like all these kids. I said there was 10 of them, yeah. She had nine brothers and sisters, yeah. The next level above them, it was 14. Uh, she, I mean, she looked after the kids as best she could. Her younger sister, two years younger, when she could take over, my grandmother took off through Europe. She was only like a young kid. She took off with her not Rihanna's uh, ice cream company. And she fucking went all over Europe, man. My grandma, uh, she could speak uh, English, French, Flemish, Spanish, Portuguese, uh, Hungarian, Italian. Is that seven? Is that seven? Is that seven? When I'm doing the seven there. Hungarians, oh, oh, Rama, my grandma was fucking, my grandma could speak fluent Hungarian, Rama. Didn't you mention yeah, Hungary? My, yeah. my, uh, my grandfather could speak and, and write, he'd, he'd write home to Hungary all the time. And uh, he's still alive and he lives like, I don't know, 30, 40 k's away from me. He's like in his late 80s. I, uh, I always wished that when I was growing up, I spent more time with him so I could learn Hungarian. I, I'm not sure if he could speak it now, but I, uh, I feel like it's, uh, I've, I've, you know, I've got to try and get in touch with him. Before he uh, passes away, so I can find. I missed. I missed Rama. Hungry. Rama, I, I missed the language. Now, but I'd love Rama, to I missed. Some point. <laughs> Rama, I missed the language, and it's probably like PTSD. Uh, German. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't say German right. But when I was like, "Is that seven? I'm like, "Not six, right?" Uh, German was the other one, you know. And my favorite hobby in my life when I was a kid, because I, I told you I live with my grandma when my mother was in hospital, right, off the car crash. My favourite thing when I was a kid, apart from, like, playing dominoes at midnight, because, like, my grandma would let me do what the fuck I liked, right? Apart from, like, playing dominoes at midnight with her, my favourite thing was, like, getting her to just count to one to ten in all of the different languages. And in response to, like, Gaines's question, uh, my family are, like, quite, like, multilingual, yeah? Uh, in, in many, so my mom uh, was a bilingual secretary, so she's fluent in French, uh, but she went and learned Spanish afterwards. Obviously, they've got a place out there. Uh, my brother lived in Spain. Uh, he's, I mean, I, I should get him on a spaces and you can talk to him. Uh, the family, again, so, uh, generally, like ling linguistics and, and language have been a big thing in, in our life, you know. Uh, so, as, as regards, like, I like to say about a few languages, you know. I know, like, a little bit about a lot. But there's only, like, certain languages that I would class myself as fluent in, right? And, and, and there's, a, there's a reason as well that I wouldn't have a conversation about some certain languages because of, of something that's happened to me in my life, which is probably... We probably haven't got time on this space because, like, that's another story. <laughs> Gaines... I, 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 all my family, right, are fluent in Spanish, yeah. Uh, I have an inherent displeasure and, and disgust with the Spanish language, and it's nothing to do with the language. It's to do with, uh, I was going to get married to a Spanish girl, and she broke me heart, and uh, that's another long story, but not for today, bro. 
<laughs> that's fine. That's fine, Robo. Yeah, I mean, Latinas can be something else sometimes, you know? They can be kind of crazy, so I get you. But, dude, I, lo- I love language. I think, uh, you know, something, I mean, this is one of the most important things you can do for your child. And, and Rama, I want Rama to really know this as well. For your kid's brain, and when you look how a brain is, like, wired, uh, and, and especially how it works with, like, language, and how language is, you know, an, an art-based skill. Like, being able to speak a foreign language is equivalent to tuning in a guitar. And the younger you get your kids involved in a foreign language, the better they will be in every aspect of their life moving forward. My brother was pretty much like fluent uh, in Spanish by four years old. And that's because from being like, you know, six months old, he was taken there. He was on extended vacations. You know, my parents only spoke Spanish when they were there, right? Uh, it's uh, teaching your kids. Trust me, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to fucking self-proclaim that I'm the best teacher in Thailand, but when education's concerned, I do know what I'm talking about. Teaching your kids a foreign language and getting them interested in the aspect of the difference in linguistics between the particular language and, you know, the differences in the form and the structure, right? It will make your kids' brains tick more than anything. I'll tell you now, kids, right, guys? Language is better than numbers for your kid. Yeah, you want your kid to be clever. You want your kid to be on the numbers, right? That's fine. But it's really easy, that, because it's an academic subject. Academic subjects, you can pick up a book and read and learn. Artistic subjects, you can't. That needs to be practiced. Yeah, you can't learn that without the physical practice. I can go and learn any, any academic sub. I can go and learn whatever I want about blockchain by going reading a book, right? To understand Barassia, Indonesia, or Vietnamese, or, you know, the nine tones in Vietnamese, or how Cambodian works versus Thai, right? Sanskrit, the origins, no? This is like what, what I do, and, and that, that aspect, and I know it's not blockchain-related, guys. I know I might be going off topic. I'm just saying, if you've got kids, get them in foreign languages now, while they're young, while they're early, while they're receptive, because their receptive skills versus their productive skills have never been sharper right now. If I had a kid and I have no children, so I can't like comment as if I'm a parent and only comment as if I'm an educator. Two years old, two and a half, get your kid into a foreign language. As, I mean, if you've got like, you know, uh, I mean, Gint, Gint, uh, are, you in native, are you a native Spanish speaker, bro? Or? Yeah, so my, my Spanish is a little bit like Spanglish, right? I, sometimes I have to mix it with English. But um, that's because I, I came to the U.S. when I was around like four or five-ish. And, you know, most of the language, obviously, that I understood and, and was taught was, uh, was how to speak English in schools. But obviously, my parents, you know, were speaking to me in Spanish. So I, I grew up mainly, I, I guess you could say like a little bit of both, bro. It's, it's, it's a lot different for me than other people. But um yeah, my like my daughter right now, I'm trying to do the best that I can to teach her how to speak Spanish. Even as a first grader, they already have classes where they try to teach kids how to speak Spanish. So, 
but right now, yeah, I would say my, my Spanish is pretty good. I can communicate. I can, I can write better actually in Spanish than I can speak it. But so that's where I'm at with my, my uh, bilingual status. It's actually it's actually one of the most underrated languages uh, on planet Earth, Spanish. Uh, believe it or not, I mean the way the way you conjugate verbs is exceptional. Uh, you conjugate verbs like you know in Spanish uh, better than anybody on Earth, or, or more. I should say more than anyone on Earth. Uh, like like that's how it's quite easy for a, a Spanish speaking national to like learn English or an English person to learn Spanish because, you know, the part of that Latin tree, like if you actually look at the roots, you know, like Italian, Portuguese, they've all got the same roots. But the fact that you've got that extensive, very extensive uh, verb conjugation, uh, and, and especially also that male-female aspect, right? You've got that male-female aspect going on in Spanish. That's a strong thing, Gaines, you know? But it's a really good thing for kids to, like, learn. Like, when they're learning the language, is it like a donde, donde esta la playa? No, where is that where is the beach, right? Yes. Yeah. You said, playa. You, you said it perfectly. Oh, well, I'll, I'll do that. Right? Well, I don't want to go there, but, you know, we'll talk about languages another day, right? Dude, and you want to know something? Like, I've learned languages, right? But my tie is dreadful. My tie is abysmal because I've never learned it. I've studied other languages. I've studied French. I've studied German. I've studied Latin, Greek, ancient Greek. I've studied uh, Spanish, right? I've studied several languages, mate, in depth. Uh, but Thai, I've just never went there. I don't know what it is. It's a, it's a mate. It's a it's, Thai. Is it, they speak Thai the way they speak Thai because they don't want you to learn. I mean, my boss has been here 20 years. He's got very successful businesses. You just saw I got Dickie a job the other day. Didn't even need to have an interview, right? The interview was a formality. Uh, my boss has been here 20 years to, to, like, to get him to the point where he's an expert Thai speaker, dude. Thais have created the language so that you can't fucking understand it. Do you know that? No, I did not. Dude, it's mental. The word ma, right, depending on how you say it, the word ma in Thai has five different meanings. It means, like, ma is horse, it's dog, it's fucking wood. Like, they've got five tones, right, five tones. And it's like a, like a rising tone, a fallen tone, like a loop tone. They've got, I mean, in Vietnamese, they've got even more tones. Uh, but Thai, Thai is what many people don't understand. And I, I said this to Diggy the other day. On the interview, I said to Diggy, Diggy, learn something that's very important. Thai, like many Asian languages, is a vowel. That's a vowel, guys, yeah, E-E-I-O-U. Uh, Thai is a vowel-stressed language. So they stress every vowel sound. English and the Latin languages, you know, we're going to talk about Spanish, whatever. They are all syllable stress languages. And there's a big difference with that. The difference is, the, like, with the pronunciation of the word computer, computer, we stress the third, so, uh, second syllable, right? Goes a little bit high. Then ties will come in because they've got vowel stress languages and they'll be like, Computer! <laughs> like, you're like, what the fuck was that, Gaines? 
<laughs> Dude, it's every day. It's every day. Engineer, doctor, like every day. You know, in English we say parachute. They say parachute, right? Stress, stress, stress. You understand what I mean, right? Mate, language is, language is fucked up. But listen, I will say this to everybody listening now. If you've got kids and you love them, and they're not these like retarded kids that don't care and want to sit on an iPad watching shit. You know, if you've got kids who are interested, right? Just give them the facility to be able to learn a foreign language in the most pleasant, relaxing way. If you're interested, guys, like DM me, you know, whatever, wherever you're from, whatever nationality, DM me. I've got 30,000 resources, right? To, in regards to like teaching and language. Wait a minute, Rama. What about Luca? Rama, I want to know about Luca. Is she is she learning a foreign language? R- Rama, I'm going to give her well, some lessons on Thai. She's she's learning Australian Cobra. So I feel like that's probably the hardest language in the world. Is that is that not enough of a challenge for her? It is, bro. I would say I, I would say I would say Chinese is probably worse. Well, so to be honest, uh, when she does get her little bit of um, like TV time, a bunch of kids shows and just natively in Chinese these days uh, on you know ABC Kids and like YouTube Kids and stuff. So she's probably learning a little bit of it uh, just by watching some shows, and uh, that, that's just how it is. She also gets a bit of French. Uh, there's probably some Spanish in there. All of the kids shows they're not just in English anymore, so. That's super interesting, Rama. I, I didn't know. I didn't know that. Like, usually the TV shows over here are just English. Um, you might get a few like Spanish channels, but never, <laughs> never Chinese, dude. Well, like, so we just use like uh, the Australian, uh, the ABC Australian Broadcast uh, Channel. It's government funded. Uh, they have an app uh, which is for the kids, and it's just got a bunch of kids' education TV shows on it. You know, teaches them like there's there's obviously like random ones where they play games and stuff, but there's also a bunch of education ones where they learn alphabet and count and all that sort of stuff. She's too. We just let her have the iPad and do whatever she wants for a little bit of time, uh, and more often just like watch it. She'll be like watching pandas count, and it'll just be in Chinese, or uh, and then we'll get it, and you know they're just, uh, they're speaking French. She's just sitting there watching it, like having a good time. It's got kids playing and adults speaking different languages. She loves it. Obviously, has no idea what they're saying, but. And you know what, Rama? You know what? On this subject, though, and this is really relevant, is that actually, guys, when it comes to like this situation we're talking about, you know, you need to learn uh, the, the, the important things. Hello, goodbye, thank you. Uh, like, you know, how much? Whenever I went to a country, whether it was Laos, Cambodia, Thailand, uh, Indonesia, Malaysia, where Philippines, wherever. Uh, what I uh, what I always did though, and Europe as well, what I always did was make sure that I had the basics covered, right? That if I was going to this country, I can say hello, thank you, like how are you? Nice to meet you. Like the very, very basics. I think this is very underrated. It's just like going to a country and being able to say like thank you in their language. Like for me, thank you is always like the most important thing you can say to somebody, no? Yeah, so I've been, I've been to Japan, I've been to Thailand a few times, been to uh, France, uh, Barcelona. I always made sure that wherever I went, 
uh, I've been to Canada, America, so I made sure I tried to learn their stupid languages as well. Um, Rami, you speak I, Japanese. You speak, speak Japanese. Speak Japanese. Japanese, yeah. Very, very little, mate. I, I could probably say the very basics of uh, hello and if Ohio, I Ohio, 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 Genki, Arigato, Tama. Hey, hey, the Japanese man. They fuck with language more than anybody. Have you seen uh, Kenji? You know Kenji, the writing, the characters. Oh, Jesus Christ. I tried to study Japanese, guys. Listen, four months, it had my fucking head in pieces. I mean, uh, a Chinese is probably bordering on being, like, worse than Japanese. Uh, but if anybody knows about, like, Japanese and Kenji and characters and... Oh, my... I, try, I, I lived... Listen to this. Robo. <laughs> Like uh, when, when, uh, two, 2009, uh, 2009, Robo lived in a house with six Japanese people and just Robo. Can you imagine, Rama? Can you imagine against the state of Robo from Sunderland living in a house with fucking six Japanese in Australia, like just us every week? The fuckers only let me cook once a fortnight, you know? Like they were like they, were, they hated me for my food so much, I was like relegated to cooking once a fortnight. How bad is that? The the hilarious the Japanese though. But Rama, to your point, it's an extremely difficult language, and the writing is just you can't go there, bro. I, I would never attempt to write it or read it. Uh, I always just made sure that. Any country that I went to, I at least knew the basics. I could say hello, bye, thank you, introduce myself, uh, and probably like, I need help. Do you speak English? <laughs> was uh was the most of it. But uh, I oh, and then given that I was like mostly snowboarding in Japan, uh, always uh somehow I just remembered when I was on the ski on the on the lifts. I don't remember off the top of my head. It's been a couple of years now, but it was always like, please keep your ski tips up and uh, hold on to your bags when exiting the chair. And it was like, they say it in English and then in Japanese. So I just inherently learned that in Japanese. And I just walk around saying it all the time. People gave you really funny looks. I love how I've they've got like, I, I love how they've got little things in Japanese or like, you know, uh, in English, like the introduction, how do you do? is responded with how do you do i mean it's very old it's very archaic uh we don't say this you know we're like oh you know how's it going or whatever but there are still people in the world these professional business people and blah blah who use like something like how do you do and you don't say oh good you know the the, the answer back the reply is how do you do i mean i have to teach this and it's painful for me and I tell my trainees, I'm like, dudes, we don't speak like this anymore. Like, this is bullshit, but I have to teach you, right? And it's the same in Japanese. Uh, Japanese have got the same thing, which is a uh, genki. They'll say, like, genki, how are you? And the reply is, genki, how are you? So, like, ohio, good morning. And then it's like, ohio, genki, yeah, ohio, genki. Like, the, it's just people saying the same thing to each other. It's, it's fucking ridiculous mate we don't talk like that these days now no uh i do need to uh part as co-host it's quarter to three in the a.m for me 
and uh, I will be up in approximately three and a half hours with my daughter. Look, and now you've put, a, you've put a stint in. You've put a stint in for your brother Rob. I appreciate it, mind. I'm, I, I appreciate it, dude. I, I absolutely. I tell you what. I'm going to run upstairs, right? I'm going to pull the shoe box out from under, and I'm going to give you a nice little tickle to get you to sleep soon, all right? Can you uh, <laughs> put some nice, fresh, soft tissues on the bottom of it? The, the ones you got in there are a bit crusty. I'll send Bruce after you if you fucking start with that lip. I'll tell you. Him and his fucking, <laughs> him and his fucking sex, him and his fucking sex shots in yours. Fucking Jesus. What? Bruce, calm down, you daft gun. What are you doing? Sending us fucking videos of you in the dildo shop, bro. Fucking doing 12 hours. What the? What is going on with my life? How did my life get to this? Again, Ron, I guess I don't know what's going on anymore. It's not reality. It's all a simulation, isn't it, Robo? <laughs> the Matrix. If only the Matrix would give me 12 hours sleep while only being in bed for three. Uh, right, Rama. Well, we really need to drop off. Uh, thank we'll you end this very much. It was, uh, it was lovely chatting. I'm, I'm sure Gaines has got plenty more questions. Uh, no, he's got to go. He's got to go to work. He's got to go to work. I think. I don't know. I, I think it's a great time to you know end the space, and it was it was such a pleasure to have you up here, Robo. Um, I'm already getting DMs saying that uh, a lot of the stuff that you touched in, uh, touched on the stories that you provided were really like impactful, dude. So a lot of people appreciate that you, you came up here and took the time. Gins, what people need to understand is you might see me on Twitter. You might see this like, I, I like I on, but I'm not a non. I've, I've doxed myself pretty much. Uh, but people say this like bombastic, like attitude or whatever. No. I'm like, I'm just trying to protect myself, like protect, you know, like what I own or who I am or what I believe in. And the thing with me is I often will sacrifice myself for the greater good and the greater cause. And that's what I'm willing to do now. Like I could have taken deals now. I could have been 50K now. I could have been 50K. I could have been shilling shit like you want. I could have took the fucking devil's money. And I'll tell you what, I could never look at Winston in the face if I did that, right? That's my kid. That's my boy. I wake up every day right for him. He's my whole purpose right now for, for, for carrying on, for persevering, for where we're going to go. And I will not drop my ethics, my standards, or my responsibilities. I've only got 5K followers, but I will not drop my responsibilities to say, like, like, I think that's acceptable, or I think that's acceptable. I have to be true to myself, and I hope tonight everybody's realised that, like, okay, Robo might have an attitude, but he probably fucking is, like, you know, it's probably right that he's got an attitude. Like, we can see where he's coming from, but he is a nice guy at the end of the day. Like, he's got a good heart. And, and I'll tell you what, Rama, before you go, son, you've calmed me a lot, mind, Rama. In the in the just in a few months, I've learned a lot from you, kid, and Gaines. Mind, I'm not, I've been talking to Gaines a lot in the DMs, and he's, you know, he's making me feel like a normal human again. Is Gaines just by chatting and sending some photos, and you know, of him and his kid, and he's he's making me feel just that little bit normal after the last couple of years and what I've been through, right? Unreal, man. I'm learning restraint. But also, on the other hand, I need to, like, understand and acknowledge, like, where I've come from, who I am, and, and not deny that. And, Gaines, I really, I'm, and Rama coming as co-host, 
really appreciate guys mind I, I, I feel like a, I feel like I'm 10 stone lighter or oh, you yanks you, you work in kilograms yeah I feel like I'm 20 22.5 kilograms lighter tonight because I just feel like I've had shit that's bugged me for fucking years and now I'm able to like just be like ah, I've said it I've taught the people that's who I am that's how I feel if you don't like it fuck off and that's it, lads. That, that's all I've got to say, lads, is I, I thank you. Thank you very much for the therapy, right? <laughs> we need to get uh, Robbo on one of Coach's spaces. Gainsy, what do you think? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that would be insane if we did that. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't, know if, I don't know if Robo has met Coach, but... Yeah, we, we, we're, we're doing an intro. Next time, next time I see Coach live, I'm, uh, I'm going to send you... Gainsy, send Robbo the link to coach's account give him a follow robo and we'll get you on a spaces on a on a, on a confession spaces or something you'll you'll love it mate. Oh. listen in. it's good craig oh all right oh, robo thank note. you so much thank you uh rama and everybody that was listening in um it was a great space it'll be hopefully uploaded to uh, spotify and a whole bunch of different um you know podcast outlets and thanks again finn for for recording it um robo have a have a great uh rest of your night and Rama, take it easy. We'll see you in the next Cosmic Community Space probably a couple weeks out from now. And Robo, just you know, think really hard of who, who we should uh, interview next. All right, you got a few, got a few weeks. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Cosmic Community Spaces with Robo, hosted by Lil Gates, recorded on Thursday, September first, two thousand twenty-two. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep your hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focus, star scream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, vision in the middle men. Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Little Dan envisioning the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds view. Gotta find cover. Wipe off the bird poop. Ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth. Slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a billion.
vision in the middle men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then talk about how while the leaders seem reptilian lost in the maze trying to make the next b-b-b-billion talk about how while the leaders seem reptilian lost in the maze trying to make the next b-b-b-billion Spaces.